0: Hey guys! (laughs) (laughs) G'day, g'day, g'day. Welcome to Aussie Craft Distillers. Shooting the shit. Yes, we're in high energy tonight, um, which is cool. And we've got a really special guest tonight. Someone wanted to get on right from the start, but the timing's never been right. But the timing is right. The timing is right tonight. So, without... Further ado, we're going to say g'day to Dave from Ostra Distillers. G'day, g'day, Dave. Hello,
1: hello. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, mate, it's absolute pleasure. We've got a lot, lot of uh, stuff to cover tonight, and we've got a few people on, and we're going to have some fun because, as I say to people, this is the Graham Norton, the Graham Norton show with more alcohol. That's that's when we created this thing. That's that was the brief, wasn't it? My, like, did, my we, br- did we have a brief? No, it was my idea. It was stayed you- in my head. Yep, yep, yep. Like yep. that, that's that's the brief that you gave yourself. Yeah, yeah, But anyway, that's another story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Mumbler, 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 in the in the back. Come on, speak up, Todd. You gotta speak up tonight. Come <laughs> on. <laughs> all right. So yeah. we got an action pack
2: tonight. Right. We got a lot you to know, cover. You remind me of Papa Smurf tonight. Why? Blue shirt, big red thing. hat, big beard. It's
0: cold. I go go to beanies in in winter and um, actually just a side side note. um, So last night I had the great opportunity to meet uh, the legendary Ian Croucher from North Star Spirits. And Ian, I've known for many years, independent bottler from Scotland, uh, doing some amazing shit, great branding, great product. So I rocked up last night with my beanie. I had a jacket on. I thought, Jesus, I look like Ian tonight. This is this is cool. We'll get some shots with me and Ian. Look, nothing like me, no hat, no nothing. So no. didn't 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 come off. And he's shorter than you, too. So. Yeah, well when he saw me, he goes, geez, you're taller than I thought. And I went you're shorter than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I digress. I digress. Good whiskey, though. Oh fuck yeah! Um, so we had a great night, um, thanks to the whiskey list, and um, yeah, it was um, yeah, it was a good experience. But tonight, tonight, the focus is Dave. It's Ostra. and as I say, the sleeping giant awakes. So tonight we're gonna cover some stuff. Um, yeah,
1: hopefully, hopefully, I don't bore anyone tonight.
0: Well, I think the cardboard cut-out barrels you got on the back, they're, they're really impressive, <laughs> you know. <it's... laughs> For those who don't know, that is real. That is wood. That is um, it, it yeah, serious that's, 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 casks. <laughs> I how many casks are behind you there.
1: One, two, three, four. Oh, six, that's a, there's at least three. Seven. At least three? <laughs>
3: More than three and less than a 1,000. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, yeah. Right, I, I, I wish. <laughs>
1: I wish I had many more. I wish I had many more.
4: (laughs)
0: Don't we all? (laughs) Okay, so let's rip into it. So we'll start with the easy one first. So what is everyone drinking tonight? And everyone at home, what are you drinking? You're drinking Australian? That's the prerequisite for watching this show. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to kick off because I've got something a little bit different tonight. So I'm a big fan of Brookie's Mac, but I'm a big fan of Brookie's Right here, yeah. uh, bloody camera. I always go up there, uh, yeah, yeah. It drives me nuts. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> the barrel aged mac. So, they took the and this is a um, macadamia and wattle seed liqueur. Um, mm-hmm. they put it in a barrel, and this stuff is just next level. Mm. But I'm gonna party tonight with a bit of fever tree. I'll do it again. I keep going up to <laughs> fever tree ginger ale. So that's my uh, go-to tonight, and what we're also having is this little baby Jinsky, Jinsky, Whoa. which is oh wow, a collaboration of Craftworks and Karoo. But the reality is, Craftworks didn't do the work; it was it was Karoo. <laughs> um, all I did is supply the barrel, and Ali is. Uh, sat down and crafted a amazing gin to go with a sherry cask. My very first um barrel that uh she treated the sherry cask as a botanical, so that was that's mm. pretty cool. So, we're gonna try that tonight. And it's aged for two years, so it is a it is a, it it's, is a gin, it's a ginsky, it's a ginsky, it's a ginsky, yeah, it's a ginsky.
1: That's I, I like the bottle, it's very, very square. So, I it's like a it, weapon, it... it's an absolute <laughs> weapon. This thing, it really is
0: very nice. Anyway, um, so, Dave, what are you drinking, mate?
1: Um, I am drinking my own. So, um, I, I'm in the distillery, right? So, we're drinking earlier. We're doing a tasting today of our chocolate malt. So, we've made a chocolate malt. Oh,
0: ho, ho. Um, nice.
1: And so, it's barrel strength, and I've just thrown a, a dash, of, dash of water into it. Nice, mm. nice,
0: nice. Yeah. Well, we'll get some notes on that shortly and a bit more of the story. Um, yeah, nice. Oh, so it's hey, Byron's Byron. in the house tonight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Yep. I've got a bottle, so I'm going to be uh, having a having a couple of drams of that. I reckon that's a nice drop too. Uh, Eddie Brook and Jim McEwen,
0: which I just find very interesting. I can't wait to find out more. Oh, we'll have a segue into Jim McEwen a bit later on. I know. Oh no! Very good, very good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and Todd, what do you got,
2: mate? What are you drinking? So I'm doing Yak Creek tonight, starting with a bit of a spiced rum. Nice, Jamie. Yeah, Jamie from Yak Creek from Yakandanda. Yeah. And then probably finish off this bottle, maybe.
0: Oh, it's a yak night. Oh, Yaks wow. in the house yeah.
2: tonight.
0: Yeah, nice. Very nice. Nice. Very nice. All right. Well, why I pour my barrel-aged Mac, Dave, let's go right back to the beginning, mate. Before you had Ostra, go back to where did your passion start and how did you get on the road of making whiskey? What was your, what was your learnings? What was your trainings?
1: Wow. How far back do I go? Um, I, uh, I inherited the passion. Um, my grandfather made vodka in Poland and um, he, he, he was just a bootlegger just like most, most of them are. And he, he started in his shed and um, when he passed away, never met, never met him. And uh, so when he passed away, cause I was in Australia um, uh, I got interested in it and I started distilling to sort of connect with him um, and his uh-huh. spirit. So I sort of felt closer through distilling because I knew that was his passion and that kind of instilled the passion and that started me on the journey.
0: Okay. Mm. And
3: what, what were you distilling on
1: at that point? Uh, it was a glass still. So I, I, I knew a glass, uh, a glass maker. He, he blew his own glass. And right. so, yeah, so he was in Melbourne and, um, yeah, he made me up a little glass still. And um, hang on, hang on. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> cheers, Cheers.
4: <laughs> cheers,
3: cheers.
1: cheers. So glass still. So what sort of volume were you doing in that? You're talking. Oh, it was tiny. Yeah, it was a, it was a one litre glass still. Yeah, right. So wow. it, was, it was literally in my shed. It was literally yep. in my shed in Melbourne. Um, and I just, yeah, I just started doing it for fun, mm. and um, and that got my that I just really enjoyed it. I just, you know, it was it was it was black magic, right? You put this brown <laughs> liquid in, and this clear liquid comes out, and I was just hooked from day one. That you know that you could create something so magical, um, and the more I distilled, the more I realized that you know you do this or you do that, and you know different temperatures and you know different raw materials all of a sudden you're getting different flavor profiles, your different cuts, you know, and then, you know, it just kind of grew from there.
4: Mm.
1: So, um, yeah, so I kind of, I, and I was studying, I was doing my master's back then. Um, I did a master's in entrepreneurship and innovation. So it's like how to run, you know, high risk, high growth businesses. Mm-hmm. And so I did a little business case on, on, on um, uh, spirits in Australia. And back then, it was like two thousand and four when I Jeez. when I looked into it. Yeah, so I was about twenty four years old, um, and that's when I was running the still, or uh, well, the glass still. And so I did I did a case study on on spirits in Australia and realized there wasn't that much. I mean, you know, Lark had started out, um, obviously. Um, uh, then there was you know Bundy, et cetera, et cetera. And so I was just like looking at it and going, "Wow, this is." this is awesome let's make an australian spirit and that that's where you know kind of led me from there so i um i built a i called it a micro distillery back then but i built a a, you'd call it a craft distillery now but back then craft wasn't a thing and so i built the micro distillery melbourne in mount waverley and i ran that for about two years and um whilst i did that i enrolled into harry Watt university in edinburgh and studied um the Masters in um, Brewing and Distilling. Mm. So I studied that long distance and every summer I went over to Scotland and did summer school and um, got absolutely sloshed, visited mm. as many distilleries as possible and <laughs> <That laughs> learnt the art of whiskey. <laughs> it, it, look, it was fun. And then from there I sort of travelled into, you know, the cognac region and I, I, I distilled with this uh, small cognac brand uh, family. Um, and then from there, I went to Poland and, yeah, I, I learned the art of vodka production mm-hmm. and came back, to, came back to Australia and just looked at it and I just thought there's no way, you know, to create, you know, a, a, a good, you know, and selling Australian spirits to the world. I thought I've got to find a bigger site. And that's, um, that's how I managed to find the Robinvale site. And so it, it drew me along into to Robinvale.
0: Well, before we get into Robinvale, I just want to pass a comment. Um, I think it's really cool because, you know, if if someone was starting now, they would say, look, I'll go to Scotland. I'll spend some time. um, I may study. I may go to Cognac, may go to Armagnac. Right? But you were doing it back in early 2000. And you've been Mm -hmm. on the scene for a very long time. But such a low profile, it, it's people know you, but the general public don't know you. So, yeah,
4: yeah.
0: Tell mm. us just on that. Or maybe you need to tell us after you tell us the Ostra story. But, but <laughs> no, I have to. It's a different. To. It's a different take, and I'm really curious why you've done that. Because most other people are going, I'm here, and I put myself in that category. That I'm here, I'm here. But you were like, no, I'll keep everything low-key.
1: Yeah, look, I, I run my own race. So yep. I don't see anyone in Australia as a competitor. I see them as friends. Mm-hmm. And I see then how can I support, how can I help, right? Um, and whoever knocks on my door, I, I don't close it on them um, unless they come with, you know. Bunch of lawyers then um you know it's a different <laughs> story but um yeah we don't uh, need lawyers
0: in our, our space that's for sure
1: carry <laughs> on but um uh I, I i run my own race um and look i am a perfectionist so um i i've i i, I try and do things as best to my ability um as best as possible and look being in romvale i don't know um you know how many or the people that are watching how many have been here at site but it is a it is a large site and so when something goes bang right um it costs a lot of money to to repair and replace and fix you know give you one example boiler boiler breaks up uh breaks down um you know to replace that boiler is quarter of a million dollars you know and you know that that that's, you know, a good year or two of, of profit, right, you know, to, yeah, to I mean, fix that. Yeah, and so tree. you can sort of see 15 years later, right, like, you know, um, with all the different things that we've done over time, it just feels like we're going at a snail's pace. Um, and so so it's just because we've got such large shoes to fill that it just takes, takes a long time. Um, the other one is, is, We've been, you know, I really want to stay independent for as long as possible. Um, and so, we've managed to stay independent to this day. Um, yep. and, and so, my, my, my partner and, and, and wife and I own the business outright. Um, and it's given us the freedom to innovate and do things that we wanted to do on, on a commercial scale. Um, and we, we hope to continue that moving forward, um, whether we stay independent or not, that's, you know, the big question, because obviously the bigger you get, the more working capital you need. And obviously Mm. then that feeds into, you know, a, a larger, larger story, but, um, but, uh, it's look, I'm, I'm a bit of an introvert. Um, and you know, and I like to stay humble, um, because even though I've studied it and I've I've done. I've made every product you can think of. Um, it it doesn't mean I know everything, and so I'm always learning every day. You know, and to truly master, you know, the craft, it's 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 a lifelong obsession. You know, Absolutely. and even now, you're always going to conferences. You're always reading books. You know, and look, yeah, sure, hundred percent, ninety nine, you know, ninety nine or ninety five percent of of that. Um, Of what what you learn you already know, but you notice that as you move forward in your career or in your knowledge, there's always that one or two percent knowledge that you pick up and you go, ah, that's it. Mm -hmm. I get, yeah, that's why that and you join the dots, and you can only join those dots when you're at that level, you know, because you've you've worked everything else out. And when you're only at that level, then you kind of realize, oh, okay. And then you get a, 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 a even clearer view of your industry and how it works. Hundred percent, mate. Hundred percent.
0: Yeah, no, mate. Yeah. I, it, you don't know what you don't know. Um, and as I say to people, and I get myself knotted up when I try to describe it, I know what I know. I know what I know now and i knew what i knew a year ago and i know i know a lot more now than what i knew a year ago so therefore a year from now i'll know a lot more than what i know now jesus i got it out one i know
1: but get this right the more the more you know the more you realize you don't know Hmm.
3: cam's on and that's certainly nothing to be afraid of either uh, Cam, that's
1: embarrassing
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's a nice shade of red there dave
3: So so for those that don't know you, myself included, um, you've got this huge site. You've been distilling for eons. And how did
0: you get the site?
3: Um, you've, you've obviously got huge equipment doing huge volume, I'm assuming. Where does it go? What do you do? Who's drinking it?
1: Who, who knows? Look, um, commercial <laughs> in confidence, right? Um, yeah, look, right. Um, so, so, Austria um, is primarily you brew for others. Um, uh, to date, um, uh, so we've got two arms. Uh, we've got a second arm called ADSM, and ADSM is Australian Distilled Spirit Merchants, and that's mm-hmm. our contract arm. And right. under ADSM, we we've opened the doors to everyone. So if anyone needs help, anyone needs support, everyone's hit, you know, needs more volume or whatever it might be, um, then we're here to help. Um, and, you know, whether it's recipe development or whether it's, um, you know, product or it's volume or whether it's you just use us to get out of a jam, you know, you're doing an upgrade on your stills and you just, you know, you need to keep laying product. You know, we've been used for those reasons. Um We've helped comp- larger companies, you know, get well known in the Australian market. Um, so our philosophy is is that we're here to help. Um, mm-hmm. and and you know, if you come to us then, you know, we'll you know, we'll keep everything commercial in confidence. Mm-hmm. And and that's been our attitude to date. So we don't, you know, we don't, you know, jump around and go, Hey, yeah, that's our product and that's our product and that's our product on the shelf, et cetera, et cetera um so we we really respect um everyone that we work with and mm. we 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 do our best to ensure that you know that you know people can can have you know good product to keep growing their businesses mm. yeah
0: no that's cool now let's talk about robindale cuz <laughs> I, I remember jesus about 5 6 years ago you and i were talking about it and you yeah. you told me how it all came about and it's a Fascinating story, and it's part of the Australian whiskey landscape. Um, so and not many people would know the story. So tell us the story.
1: It, look, it is a cool story. Um, yeah, I've got to keep my ego in check when I, when I say it because I get excited because I, I, <laughs> I, I that entrepreneurial spirit in me just comes out. Um, so, uh, so I was running the uh, micro distillery in Melbourne. Um, I did the business plan and realized that for me to you know uh make a you know uh a global product um then i needed a larger site and so you know so i jumped i jumped in the plane i went down to tassie i saw you know visited the lark distillery and 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 um checked out a few spots around tassie and it just it it just didn't it didn't feel right for me um number one i'm not tasmanian um and secondly um, I, I wanted to be close to family, which, which they're based in Melbourne. So I, w- I did want to stay in, in Victoria. Um, so I very much, um, yeah, I was looking for a site to expand. So I, I was looking for a greenfield site um, initially um, and ran the numbers. And it's just, it's a hard slog, especially when you were born, without a silver spoon in your mouth, right? Which most of us, you know, haven't, right? And so yeah. we've got to do it the hard way. So I very much, um, I, I, I was on a flight. I went to Sydney. I went to the Fine Food and Wine Show. And when I was there, I met Richard Buller. And Richard Buller owned Buller Wines in um, uh, just north of Swan Hill. And um, and I said to Buller, I said, "Oh, I'm looking for a, a big still. I need a bigger still. My still's too small." And I I had a keg still in in, in um, Mount Waverley, um, and so I was like, "I just need a bigger still." And he goes, "Oh, there's a still for sale." And I go, "Where?" And he goes, "There's one in in Robinvale. It's up for sale." And I go, "No way." Um, you know who 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 has it? And I go, oh, "McWilliams, McWilliams Wines has it." And I go, "Who's McWilliams Wines?" Right. And this is how much I knew about, you know, liquor back in the day, right? <laughs> and so he drew me a mud map, right? And he goes, this is how you get there, right? You've got to drive through this town and that town and, you know, stop here for, at this bakery and you've got to try that, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so he drew me a mud map. So I came up and visited Robin Vale. And, um, and being a, a, a young Melburnian, I stopped in every town and had a, had a you know cafe latte. And um, it took me like seven hours to get to Robbenvale. And I got here and it was just an incredible sight. Um, and um, so I was shown around and I saw the still and they had a continuous still here um, capable of doing about um, ten to 15,000 litres of wine per hour uh, Whoa, as, as raw hour. material. Yeah, on average, it produced about 1,000 litres of spirit per hour. And I just looked at it and I go, hell yeah, that's a still. Right? <laughs> you know? um and I was super excited. I was like a little boy. a slight boy jump a, up a from keg keg a keg
4: still.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry, I was that tough. Tough.
2: There's a slight jump up from a keg still.
1: Oh, absolutely, right? <laughs> so you can just see, like, I'm just going, this is mental, right? Yeah. And, and so I'm looking at the still and I'm going, how can I put this into Melbourne, right? And I'm just looking at it going, oh, like if I cut it up and we just drag it. And, and I'm an optimist, right, glass half full guy, right, all the time right? So I very much um, thought, yep, I've just got to buy it. And I'll just make it work, right? So I'll need a big boiler to, 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 to run the steam through it. I'll need a big uh, fermenter to feed it. I'll need a, bit, a big receival tank to, you know, to um, receive the spirit from. And I just thought, these are small problems, right? So let's just jump in and just do it. And so, so I turned around, I said to him, and, and mind you, I was, you know, 26 years old at this time, right? I grew a beard just like Craigie Craft has now. Um. Uh. And um. Uh. I I drove up in a old Mitsubishi Galant, shrew brown, right? And I had two dollars in my pocket, and um. And I very much um. I very much just just thought, how how am I going to pull this off? And so um. I said to him, I said, I'll take the still, I'll buy it, right? And um. And they looked at me and said, Look, Dave, um. No offense, but. You need a big boiler to run it, you need a big fermenter to feed it, and you need a big receival tank to receive the alcohol. And I said, These are small issues, right? I, I know a boiler maker in Melbourne, I know a guy that can make tanks, we'll just make it work, right? So um, he turned around to me, um, the director of McWilliams, and said, Well, it sounds like he goes, Son, it sounds like you need to buy this um, whole site, right? And I said, Oh, look, I don't know if I can afford it. You know, how much do you want for it? And he goes, he goes, um, he goes. Oh, we like six mil, right? And I go, oh, I, yeah, I don't have that sort of money. And he goes, he goes, no, I didn't think so. And he looked at me, and I was, you know, I was young and dishevelled, and I had ripped jeans, and I was driving the, you know, Mitsubishi Galant. Um, and so he, <laughs> then he turns around and he goes, well, do you have half a million dollars? And I go, what? And he goes, yeah, we'll sell you the land and the buildings, and you can keep the still, and we'll take all the assets out. And I thought, wow, that's a big difference from six to half, yeah. right? So I turned around and said, well, that's, yeah, you know, I'm thinking, well, you could buy a house in Melbourne for half a mil back then. I mean, today it's what, I don't know, two or three mil. Um, At <laughs> least. <late>. But, um, <laughs> um, but so I said, hey, um, uh, I, think I, I, I think I can do that. I'm pretty sure a bank would lend me the money, right? So um, so I said, I need to do my due diligence. So off, off I went, did my due diligence. And three months later, we came to an agreement that I would buy the whole site for a million bucks, right? Because I needed to keep a whole bunch of, you know, equipment to run the still, including the boiler house um, uh, um, and, you know, a whole bunch of different assets so they couldn't rip everything out. So um, so they agreed that, that that's the price that I'd buy it for. And so then after that, um, uh, uh, I went to the bank and the bank said, I said to the bank, look, it's six mil, but I've talked them down to one. Equity. Some <laughs> work for us. <laughs> um, the bank laughed at me and threw me out. And they said, look, Dave, you got no cash flow. And um, if they're selling it for a mil, then it's only worth a mil. So um, so I went back and and McWilliams kindly said, look, we'll give you, we'll give you cash flow. Um, so they gave me contract work to make um, a grape spirit for them for their mm-hmm. Uh and they gave me contracts to make some um, some wine for them. Um, and so with that, I was able to move forward with the purchase. Um, so I went back to the bank and, and showed them, you know, these purchase orders and um, they just fell off their chair and just said, how did you do that? And I said, well, you know, they're an honorable company and, you know, they want to, support and you know they know what i'm about and you know they want to see this you know um this brand take off and so um they looked at the numbers and realized look it's there's you know it's not bankable right uh you know against this so i went back to them and and um at this stage you know it was probably took about six months of negotiations right so it took some time and um and they um basically said well dave you know we're we're sorry about that that you know you, you you couldn't you know close the deal, um, wish you all the best. And um, I said, hang on, hang on, before you go, what if we do vendor terms? And um, and they said, oh, no, 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 no. We, we just want a clean sale. We don't want any problems, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so I said, well, I'd like to put an offer to the board. And so that's what I did. I put an offer to, to the board of directors at McWilliams um, that I would, you know, buy this under vendor terms and they would supply me contract work to assist in paying it off. And um and the board um uh, uh you uh, agreed and in favour and that's how I bought it.
0: Mm. Wow! wow. <laughs> yeah. It was wow well so, when you told me. A yeah, while yeah. Ago. So it was still well, mate. I worked well.
1: my ass off for three years and and paid yeah. it off. You know, oh, and and look, wow. there are other stories like this in 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 the yeah. distilling industry, right? So this isn't you know just me, but it was it was it was it was cool that we managed to pick up this site and i i got to move in i mean it's incredible like it's we've got eight million liters in tanks on site you know it's just it's a minefield it's just huge um and the fact that we've got a site that made most of australia's sherry here is just that history is so rich and so you know, it's 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 amazing. Like just to ha- be honoured to to carry on that tradition of you know um, Sherry. I mean, a Aperra production um, in Australia is is phenomenal. And and it wasn't any secret. I did want to make whiskey, and I wanted to make our own appara so then we could make our own para cast. So then we could make our own um, fortifieds, um, and then obviously to make our own whiskey to go into those Aperra casks. Um, so everything was um, very well thought out. Um, and so I've ever since then worked my ass off. <laughs> um, and so we produced a lot of grape spirit for the wine industry, you know, um, all the big houses. Um, and, um, you know, we had a lot of support um, in that, so, you know, super tight margins, you know, the bulk industry. Um, and so, um, it was very challenging um, for those first few years to a to pay off the site and b to make a make a whole bunch of you know um, whole bunch of um, product and 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 cash and you know it's it's it, it was challenging like it, it was a very it's very entrepreneurial you know mm. um, but but so we slowly to you know from get go we're doing contract distillation as a result and so we just kept not saying no because money coming in is money that means we can just keep buying um we can just keep buying um equipment a new boiler or a new this or a new that so um when i moved in it was interesting because um, uh, uh, um McWilliams did pull out some tanks and so they used ang engineering to pull out those tanks and um, ANG Engineering are based in Griffith, New South Wales. Right. And um, uh, Ron Potter um, was the owner of ANG Engineering and he was uh, late 70s at this stage, um, late 70s, maybe even early 80s. And um, he met me and he goes, oh, I hear you're a distiller. And I go, yes, that's correct. And he goes, they're very rare in Australia. And I go, yeah, I know, there's not many of us around. And he goes, I've got this pot still sitting in my shed. Would you like it? And I go, well, what's, what, what size is it? And he goes, it's fifteen thousand liters. And I go,
4: I'll take it.
1: And he goes, he goes, it's brand new. And I go, what do you mean it's brand new? It's still wrapped in plastic. And I go, huh? What do you mean it's still wrapped in plastic? Like it's perplexing, right? So, um, and I thought he was just lying to me or pulling my, you know. Anyway, he goes, no, 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 it's brand new. He goes, what happened was it was built in 1980, so the year I was born. And um, uh, Diageo, or back then it was called United Distillers, um, had it commissioned, right? And, um, and they um, uh, no longer wanted it. I think it was the recession we had to have. And I think the excise rates mm. skyrocketed then, right? Which decimated the, um, the distilling industry in Australia. Um, and so they, this pot still, they just said, keep the deposit, keep the still, we don't want it, right? So they left it in, in Adelaide. And Ron Potter happened to this engineering firm many years later and moved this brand new pot still to his shed in Griffith, right? In, in, in his literally his shed at the back of his house, right? And it's sat there ever since. And John's, uh, Ron Potter's wish was to ensure that this still, was um installed and running before he died right so so he was looking for someone and he found a company in in um, south america in chile that wanted it right and he was putting the engineering drawings together to install it etc etc and um but he had a lot of trouble with it because in chile there's a lot of earthquakes right and so he couldn't make it earthquake proof right because it's a hybrid steel Mm. it's got a column on top Right. And so so he goes, so Ron Potter goes, look, Dave, I prefer to sell it to someone in Australia. And um, and I said, yeah, I'll, I'll take it. And he goes, okay. But he goes, son, you got to pay for it. And I go, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. And I said, I'll give you 10 grand for it. And he, go, he looked at me and he goes, no, 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 you know what this is worth. And I go, yeah, I do. <laughs> right? So it was a bit of a cheeky offer. So he goes, he goes, he goes, I'll give it to you for 50 grand. And I go, okay. And I said to him, I can't afford to pay for it. Well, can I pay you a little bit over time? He goes, yeah, yeah, no problems, right? So I paid it off over, over about a year, or a year and a half. Um, it actually cost about $80,000 back then to install, right? So it cost me more yeah. to install it than it did to buy it off him. And when he brought it in, true to his word, it came in, all the coppers wrapped in plastic, brand new, immaculate. Right. Nice. And I just looked nice. down and I go, Wow, what a what a gift. What a this is just unbelievable. Hmm. So he he installed it. Um, and it was kind of funny because when we when we put it together, I, I didn't have enough money to put the um the thermom- the electrodes in for the thermometers, right? But it was just sitting there all shiny, go, I just I, I had to run it. Right. So <laughs> we turned it on. <laughs> we turned we we put some waste spirit in, right? So we, and which we, we commissioned it. We turned it on without having any full control over it. And um, it was like we was warming up, it was warming up, and we're standing there watching and all excited like little boys, little school boys. And um, all of a sudden, it, goes, it, was, it didn't go bang, but to us it was like bang. And then all of a sudden, there was a shower of ethanol coming out of it. Oh. <laughs> because we didn't realize that the, 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 it was coming through the column Uh, in time. And so I was just bolting to the boiler, turn off the boiler, you know, to cut off the steam, to turn it (laughs) off. And, um, and so that's how, that was the first run on the still. It was just a shower of ethanol coming across. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, so Ron was really happy. He was, he was, yeah, he was happy. And he said all he wanted, you know, and he did gift it to me. I mean, I did pay money for it, but genuinely it was a gift from him to me. And, um, and he said, all I want in return is a bottle of your vodka. And so I made him a bottle of vodka and um, sent it up to him. And he said, thank you. And uh, he had a taste and he said, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> 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 but um, he, um, yeah, and it was one no, of the last. <laughs> no, 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 that's no, right. It's, it's Aussie. <laughs> um, so it was one of the last jobs that Ron Potter did. Um, and he passed away um, not too long after that. And, um, and so we, in honour of him, call the pot still potter's pot after ron potter
0: oh wow Mm. Mm. yeah so uh, that's that's nice so there's a bit of a pattern with you right you're as you said you know you you're very entrepreneurial uh that is absolutely evident in that um and i hear you bought a little wee um microbrewery in south australia didn't you
1: yeah it's a bit embarrassing
0: (laughs) what's that story (laughs)
1: um uh, yeah so look um so what it is is we've got so we've got um we've got a big still um obviously and our limitation is our brew house within the business and so our brew house uh, and and the brew the current brew house i've built myself um it's a bit of a continuous cook brew house um and we can do about ten thousand uh, liters per hour on it um so Jesus. um yeah and it, it it doesn't take much to do it. I can show you how it's done. It's pretty simple. Uh, so it's a pretty simple setup. But what it means is um, we didn't have the ability to remove the grain from our, our wash. So we ferment with grain in and we distill with grain in as a result. And so it very much is, um, yeah, it, it, and because it's 10,000 litres an hour, you know, um, it, it, you know, and that's on, on a good day. It does, it challenges us because when we're going, we, we sort of need to do more than that. Um, and we want to have the ability to remove the grain from, um, from our ferments. And so to remove, to remove the grains from our ferment, we really um, needed a, a lot of ton. And, and, and when I looked at it, buying a brew house, you know, um, I needed something a decent size. So generally what I do um, within my business is whenever I I expand, I always expand bigger than what I need, right? So I Mm future-proof, right? So because I'm a big believer that Australian whiskey will be bigger than Japanese whiskey in in our lifetime, Mm -hmm. right? And for that to occur, we need to be making more product, um, quality product, obviously. Um, And so to make quality product, we need quality machinery, and we need to be doing um, we need to be doing everything you know to the to, to the highest calibre. So I was looking for a Steineker because that's the Rolls Royce of brewhouses, um, and I found a Steineker in in um, in Russia, right? Now in Russia, what's happened um, is the uh, the the roads were paved with gold, right? So there was a big brewing. Um, uh, uh, gold rush over there so so what happened is the russians drink vodka but slowly they're drinking more and more beer all right so all the big brew houses basically in russia ran in you know saab miller etc etc and they just went in and built massive brew houses everywhere right and and beer was just selling like like crazy over there and it was really really good money because there's no tax on beer There was only tax on Mm. vodka right and so what happened was in, in Russia, eventually, the, the beer was just getting bigger and bigger and more and more popular. And then all of a sudden, the Russian government goes, oh, well, that looks lucrative. Let's put a tax on beer. And so they put a tax on beer, you know, their version of excise tax. And then all of a sudden, the the bubble burst, right? And and um, and then all of a sudden, there were too many brew houses in Russia. And the, these brew houses are big, you know, 500, 650 a 1,000 hectolitres, et cetera, et cetera, right? Jesus. So I, I found one which was 650 hectolitres, which I thought was a really good size. Um, that'll keep up with our current stills and it'll give us capacity then to put in more pot stills to then, you know, build out build out the site and capabilities and capacities, et cetera, et cetera. So um, we got talking, you know, we were shown all the engineering, drawing all, all everything and it was just, it was super exciting. Um, and then COVID hit and then it was like, we can't get our engineers over there. No one can fly over there and have a look. Um, And we had a deadline to get that brew house out or get our offer accepted and get the brew house out. Right. Um, Now I couldn't afford to buy a brand new one. um, And so I only had a small amount of money and this was really cheap. And it was quite, it it wasn't actually, I mean, it was, it was probably just as expensive to move it than what I'm (coughs) buying it for. So, so I, I basically that deal fell over because COVID hit. And so, so then we kind of went back to square one. And then all of a sudden, I find out on The Shout and um, that um, uh, the line West End Brewhouse is off for sale. And it was a 500-heck brew house. So it was in a similar range that we were looking at. And so um, uh, I couldn't afford to buy it. I just, you know, I, I'm an entrepreneur. Um, and, you know, we're just sort of putting things together as best as we can and just moving forward as best as we can. And so I um, I approached them and gave them a really ridiculous offer, and they kind of laughed at me and said, "Oh, look, you know, it's yeah, it's 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 too low, and sorry, um, we we don't accept it." And then I sort of said, "Well, look, I I actually don't have that much money, so I'd like to buy it, you know, um, as a swapsy, right? We'll supply you some spirit, and um, and then you know we can you know we'll we'll take the brew house." Um, they kind of laughed at that and kind of threw threw me out the room, so to speak. Um, and so, yeah, so we basically kind of lost the deal. And um, and I said to them before before we sort of left, I said, "Look, if you when you change your mind, not if." I said, "When you change your mind," which was a bit egoic, right? But um, I said, "When you change your mind, I'm I'm here and I'm waiting. And you know, just give me a call, right? We we can we can work through it." And so, about three months. A few months went past. I can't remember exactly how many months, but a few months went past. And they called me back. And they said, look, Dave, um, we don't have any offers for it. Um, you're the only one that really, really wants it. Um, yeah, please let us know how you make whiskey. You know, promise us that you won't make beer with this. And um, and we'll sell it to you um, under yeah. your, your conditions. And so I that's how I acquired it. Um, so it was, yeah, it was a, it was a steal. It was, it was really, really good. Um, the only problem I had was that I had to move it before Easter because they were demolishing the building in, in, uh, in Adelaide. And so, um, the cost was astronomical. Um, and it was, yeah, I, I, I basically, I couldn't afford to do it. That's the reality. Um, so I begged everyone I knew to help. Um and pulled as many favors as I could, which I'm still paying today. Um and um yeah, it was that's
3: a lot of mates trucks to to carry do that sort of a move. I mean it's it's fine calling in a favor to help move (laughs) a couch.
0: That's a lot of Kingswood station wagons.
3: What it sort was, of favours are you calling in and who are your mates that have got that many utes? No, I,
1: I, I wish it was that easy. No, we had, to, we had to hire the best company in Australia to pull it out. So the guys yeah. that installed that we, we hired the same company to pull it out because we knew that then we had to we had to cut up that lauder ton in half to get it onto the highway to bring it up to mm. to, to Robinvale. Um And so uh, the cost was astronomical, um, the engineering costs. So we ended up paying a firm to do it all professionally. Um, and, um, but I had to pull in favors to get the cash in. And yeah, and that's, and, and, and yeah, it's, it's indebted me quite a lot. Um, <laughs> and so it's, it's definitely been. Yeah, challenging, to say the least, to, mm-hmm. to, to, to make it work. Um, but it was a big push. And look, I really believe in the vision of Australian whiskey and Australian spirits. And I really believe that we need to have someone at the forefront pushing the limits and breaking glass ceilings, right? Mm-hmm. Someone needs to be smashing it. And someone needs to be um, uh, uh, confident that, that Australian spirits will stand on an international footing, right? And that we need to create, you know, the volume now to feed those future bot- botlings in the future, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what we're here for, right? Um, you know, uh, I mean, this shows, you know, shooting the shit. It's about craft guys talking to other craft guys, right? Mm-hmm. And but in 10 years time, they won't be craft guys, They'll be commercial sites, doing commercial volumes, you know, because our industry would have matured, right? Yeah. Um, and and that will only succeed is if we've got the volume to sell globally, right? So we can compete with bourbon and scotch and Irish and Japanese, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, right? Yeah. And so so as an industry, we need to make sure we stay together, and we have to make sure that we we. We know the objective and the goal that we need to achieve as an industry, um, and where we need to be. And so, so my role in that is to is to ensure that we've got the capability of making volume, um, and but so that we've got. The casks being laid now, so then we can, in five years' time or ten years' time, have that mass, um, uh, that volume to put a bottle of Australian whiskey in front of every single punter in every single bar on in every single country, right? And that's a that's a big big call. That's a big yeah. thing to accomplish, right? That's um, a
3: big ask. And how many people do you have helping you to do that
1: uh, at this site? So at we've got start, yeah. Uh, yeah, we've got twelve full-time employees at the moment. Um, yeah, so yeah. we've just—that's um, including just... the
0: cleaner. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and we've yeah, we've no. got a few consultants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, for yeah. a long
1: time, I ran I ran the site by myself, and um, and I burnt out. Um, I um, I ran the site, um, and I was distilling. At one stage, I was I, I had a so in 2011. Um, I'll give you a, I'll give you a story. In 2011, there was petritus um, and mold on all the grapes. It was boy. a wet, 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 wet season, right? And basically, this, all the wineries were rejecting grape after grape after grape, right? And um, they had nowhere to dump this grape, so they came to us, the distillery, and we crushed. I think it was like eleven or twelve thousand ton of fruit that year. Boy, I would boy. wake up at four in the morning, crush till midnight, and we did that solidly for about four months. Right, I think we made about fifteen million liters of wine that year, or some, or something like that. It was just, it was ridiculous, right? Um, now, you remember how many tanks I have on site? Mm, how many? Eight, eight million. So you try and fit 15 million liters yeah. of wine into 8 million liters. It doesn't work, right? So I ended up distilling the continuous still 24 hours a day for, for, you know, month after month, right, just distilling, distilling, distilling. And and it was, you know, we, we didn't have, it was, yeah, it was just skeleton stuff because we had no money. And I was literally putting my alarm on, going to bed, Setting my alarm for an hour later, waking up, checking the still, going to sleep, waking up an hour later with my alarm, and I did that for months and months and months. Right? It totally burnt out. Like it was mm-hmm. a schmuzzle. Right? And I was young. I was you you know, thought imagine, I was invincible. Really. Right? <laughs> so I burnt out. I totally burnt out. So now I'm I'm trying to build a, a larger team around us um and so there's 12 of us at the moment so we've got now two distillers two brewers um bottling crew with all our bottling on site um and a couple of girls in the uh in the office
0: so let's talk about your vision on blended australian whiskey i remember five years ago talking about this and back then it was a very sound proposition what what you were talking about so yeah, get, run through your your vision on Australian blended whiskey because it is it is an evolution in Australia and there's a lot more uh, single malt distilleries now, um, not just Tasmania, not just Tasmania. is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got a, we got a few now. And uh, anyway, um, so yeah, um, and and Absolutely. a time is coming where, as you said, on the global stage. Um, we are becoming a powerhouse, and people are going to want volume. So, yeah, talk to us about your vision on on blended whiskey specifically.
1: So, so everyone knows that eight to nine bottles of whiskey sold out of ten is a blended whiskey, right? And and two to three, yeah, the numbers bounce around a little bit. Um, uh, is single malt, um, and so blended whiskey works because it's blended so the drinkability is a lot higher right and because the drinkability is a lot higher then you're more likely to polish off a bottle of uh blended whiskey over you know playing poker with your mates um and you'll polish off that bottle in one sitting as opposed to possibly a single malt where you savor taste enjoy you know um become philosophical around it whereas um whereas a, a blended whiskey you're more likely to you know to enjoy and and consume at, at, at a larger and faster rate um and and the drinkability is easier so you don't have such bold bold you know strong flavors um and it's balanced it's finessed it's designed to you know to have that high drinkability and so uh, as a result globally you know um uh, grain whiskeys uh you know Uh, sorry, grain whiskies, uh, blended whiskies um, outsell single malts, right? And so it's the majority of the whiskies. And so naturally, you have to understand that the market wants blended whiskies. And I believe that Australia can make really, really good blended whiskies, right? We don't have any glass ceilings over us. So we can produce whatever we want, whatever grain, in whatever fashion we want to. um, And we can really, really innovate in this space, Right, and um, and I really believe that over the next few years, um, uh, we're going to have amazing blended whiskies that will compete with um, the global brands. Um, and so, those blended whiskies obviously need support, right? And so, um, we want to make sure that we're creating um, the bases for those blended whiskies. So then, that way, um, we can we can create an industry that has B two B trading, right? business to business and I really want to see um, that happening in the Australian whiskey industry because um, we're going into a recession at the moment right and that mm-hmm. recession is very much going to hurt a lot of distillers you know I'm already seeing uh, from my side that people are moving from the $80 bottle of gin to the $40 bottle of gin um, yep. and we're seeing our sales uh, move in that direction and that's natural because when, when the interest rates go up and you're belt tightening um, one of the first things you do is stop going out and stop drinking as well, right? And you, just, you drink the same amount. You just drink different, right? Um, yeah. And so uh, industries have cycles, and we're going to go into a tough cycle as an industry. Um, and, and if you look at the Scottish industry um, versus the Japanese industry, in Japan there's, there's two major powerhouses, right, two big distillers. Whereas in Scotland, you, you've got 100 or so, right? Mm-hmm. And the reason why those 100 or so survived through the whiskey dark ages in the 80s um, and through into the 90s is because um, they all did B2B trading. And it was the blended whiskies that they traded into that, that created, gave them the cash flow to survive as a business. And so yeah. so it's so those blended whiskies that everyone was trading into that, that you would go, okay, I'm going to make this blended whiskey, right? I'm an independent bottler or whatever I am. And I want a barrel of this from this distillery, and I want a barrel of that. And if we can, if we, if we can start going down that path and creating blended whiskeys and start a, um, a B2B inter-trading um, uh, market, then all of a sudden we're gonna be more resilient in it as an industry because you're no longer just reliant on that one brand, on that one product and that one offering. All right. All of a sudden you've, you've if something goes bang and your boiler breaks down or this or that, you've now got the ability to move some of your stock and place it and sell it and get money for it. And because we're all businesses, right? I mean we're all, you know, everyone wants to be a traditionalist and do everything perfect and that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, we're all running businesses and we need to make sure that every distillery survives um and this is this is one way of doing it and i'm not saying it's the only way but it's it it'll be nice to see that and it will give us the innovation and also the product to blend you know if we take some of crafty's product and then we take some of you know other distilleries product (laughs) it would create some amazing blends right stuff that we could just like really be excited about um and really just kind of change change the way and flavor profiles that would come out of that, mm. you know, because some distilleries make really good spicy products. Others make more oily, fatty kind of um, whiskies. you know. Other distilleries have stills that make, you know, this style or that style. And so when you've got this big spice rack of all these different barrels around Australia wide, um, you know, you get some whiskies that are over-oaked, mm. some of which are too thin, Right. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so then you can start marrying them all up, and then all of a sudden you've got the ability to make some really innovative um, products. And I yeah. think that's where the market's going to move eventually. Um, I like the Australian term
0: Spice Rack. Yeah. Spice Rack is, really does sum it up. And, yeah. and five years ago I said, sign me up for this because it just makes so much sense. It's an evolution. And as you said, the, you know, there's so much of diversity of, of of whiskey spirit out there, you Perfect. know, distilleries are all ploughing their own. Well, not all of them, but some are, are ploughing their own path. And so when you treat those as ingredients, holy crap! You know, yeah, mm. it's a powerhouse.
3: So, how do you see? Do you, do you see yourself or Ostra being the the connector, the conduit to facilitate that that sort of trading of of spirit that is over-oaked or or, or too light or whatever it may be. um or whatever. Yeah. Do, do you see yourself becoming the hub for all of that product being funneled and then distributed? Or how do you see that side of things working?
1: <laughs> I, um, I don't want to control the market, right? So I want to make sure the market is got the freedom to innovate and to everyone's got their own voice and everyone's got access to that market. You know, at the moment, if you want to sell your product, where do you sell it, right? Um, uh, a lot of a lot of people, you know, um, are small, and they're producing they're producing their um, their product. And what they're doing is they're taking that product, and you know, they can't get into Dan Murphy's, or they can't get into Kohl's, right? Um, and so they got their local IGA, or got their local independent, they got their local bars, et cetera but they're struggling to go further than that right and they don't have the volume to fulfill you know larger orders etc etc but they don't have the ability to to go to a larger market base right um really exciting products all that sort of thing um and so i want to make sure that everyone still has that opportunity whether you're a small player or a large player to be able to supply into into the marketplace and that's a very holistic way of thinking um, and so, um, so how do we do that? That's the question.
0: Well, I, one comment I'd, li- I'd like to, to make is, you're already starting to see it happening at a very small scale with single malt whiskey distilleries collaborating with each other and pulling blends together. Um, I mean, I, I can name two off the top of my head, and that's Flurio Distillery and Blackgate Distillery and what oh, they've done <laughs> Country and Coast. And, <laughs> and self-plug. <laughs> what? I just have to have a bottle right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, which is, um, th- that, that's a collaboration with Marty Pye from Riverborne and Craftworks, right? Yep. And the, the basis behind it is we're, we're making different products. And um, the Rattler. There's another one, yeah, which is um, uh, backwards uh, Timboon and Flurio. So it's yep. already mm. starting to happen, yeah. which is fantastic Naturally. to see.
1: Yeah, mm.
0: <clears throat>
1: and I think I think that's just going to get bigger and bigger, right? And I think people are going to be more open to being collaborative um, as time goes on. Um, yeah. and, and, and the accolades, you know, you don't have to be up there, you know, winning the gold medal all to yourself, you know. I think it would be exciting to see three distillers up there, you know, sharing the one medal. And I think as an industry we're going to do that. Um, I just don't know when that's going to happen at, at that.
0: Mm. Matt Bailey's asked a good question.
3: Uh, what capacity are you running now in 2023?
1: Um, we're not laying that much this year, um, so um, we took a big hit in in capital because of, you know because of the line Nathan. Um, so we haven't actually laid down a lot. Um, the capacity on our still is you know so we're running the still when we do run at about eight to ten thousand liters an hour of wash, so producing you know about. A thousand odd liters of spirit um, per hour, um, and so we 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 run it like that. Um, and we usually just do one fermenter per day, and, and one fermenter for us is about um, you know seventy to eighty thousand liters.
3: That's still a fuckload of spirit. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it doesn't matter how
0: you cut it. No, you know, that's, yeah, that, yeah. that's astronomical so, numbers, yeah. and that's what I, I'm really excited about. And You probably tell I'm quite excited tonight. Is you are a sleeping giant, right? And there's people in the industry that know about you, right? And you've got a high praise, mate. Yeah, you know, everyone's everyone's just going, yeah, it's great to see you. It's great to see this happening, mm. et cetera, et cetera.
1: But, but, as I said but before, I'm not a threat. You're
0: not, not knowing. Out there. No, not, I'm not
1: known. No. Yeah. We're very humble and and we're very quiet. Um, and and I have to really want to say this because we're not a threat, right? Because <laughs> a, a lot of people think that we're just going to go out and smash it and we're going to just dis, you know and and drop the price in the marketplace, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And that's not what we're about. The reason why I'm pushing to be a, a larger producer, there's a couple of reasons. So the first one is is we need someone to make the volume so that we can have casks down so that we can supply the globe, global stage, right? Yeah. And 100%, you have to understand that whatever Australia makes in total, including myself at full capacity, will not be enough to fulfill the hunger and the thirst that the world will have for Australian spirits. In, in, you'll watch in five years or eight years time, everyone will be kicking themselves going, damn, I should have put down twice as much whiskey that we have now. Right, we're just not going to have enough, and we're taking notes, crafty. By the way, <laughs> I was
0: going to say we could be the next Japanese <clears> for <after throat> the wrong reasons.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, I, well, you know, I, I hope not. I, ho- I hope our industry collaborates a, a lot more, and I hope that that we, we as a community of distillers, um, is 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 we're going to you know stick together and support each other. Um, so my issue is, is, you know, and I've had this issue my whole life is I, I, I've never had a silver spoon in my mouth. Right. So, so even though we've got a large capacity, it takes a lot to run it. You know, like we go through a load of gas a week, right. At full capacity and our gas tanks 30,000 liters. Wow. You know, it, it, it's, it's expensive to, to do right now, now, you know, I've done my best, you know, absolutely. Right. And, um, and, and, you know, it's, it's been tough, right. So when something goes bang in such a large factory, like your distillery, um, it takes a lot of capital to, to fix that. You know, um, when we upgraded the the wash column on my continuous still, um, that ended up costing me $1.25 million. Mm. Can I, can I just put
0: this into perspective for some people out there? So this week, The hose clip, the hose fitting on my tap came off. (laughs) It caused me a lot of stress, right? A lot of stress during sparge. Okay. <laughs> All right. That That's what I'm dealing with. Okay. So <laughs> you remember those days, Dave, when you had your, Yeah, your, your totally. Look, I've, I've been, <laughs> I've been there. You know, 30,000
2: litre gas tank compared to our whatever the heck it is. Oh, no, okay. Yeah. i am going
0: to tell you the story. The two of us can't manhandle a 30,000 litre gas tank on uh, the back of you. So you'll, you'll love the, you'll love this story, Dave, so, just quickly. So yeah. it's, uh nine o'clock at night. No, eight o'clock at night, right? And yep. I got two gas cylinders, 45 liter gas cylinders, right? <laughs> and the gas goes down. I go, that's oh, all right. I got my backup tank. Um fuck, my backup 45's empty. Jesus. So <laughs> it's freezing, it's four degrees. Yeah. And I'm going, fuck. So I got my four 45 liter gas tank on my trolley. I got to wheel it up half a kilometer up the road to the servo. <laughs> To get a ring full and come back down that, that's my world
1: <laughs> i i i totally hear it i've been through it everyone's been through it right and and this is what makes us all entrepreneurs right um and and it's that that daily battle to keep the lights on and keep the still running and and yeah. do everything you can to keep going right yeah. um and you know it's it's nice to get our clays and everything but end of the day the businesses and we've got to fund them and you know um and it's it, it can be tough um absolutely um so yeah, i i volume. want to, what's that go on go on no, just, no 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 i
3: just i'm i'm looking at the barrels behind you there that are 200 litre barrels yep uh I think they're two hundred liters, aren't they? Uh, I think uh, we're two hundred five. five, Yeah. You're doing how many thousand liters an hour? Thousand liters Uh, an hour. uh, Call it a thousand
1: liters an hour. Yeah, spirit. spirit.
3: By how many days? How many hours a day are you running that still? Although
1: still. Well, yeah. Call it eight to ten plus warm up and shut down. Hmm. You're going to need a bigger barrel. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? This is the this is the ongoing problem we go through, through? a day. So so put it put it in this perspective, right? So if we install the West End brew house, right? That's a 500 heck brew house, right? So 500 heck means 50,000 litres. That's per brew. That's not including sparging. We, including sparging, that's 65,000 litres per hour. But oh, now yeah, so so I'm not saying it it, it, it would take so turnarounds probably two hours per 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 go. Right? <laughs> so so it worked. No, I'll give you the numbers. It works yep. out to be about 400 casks a day. Wow. A single um,
0: whiskey it per is per 400. Day. You told me the other week, and I yeah, went, yeah, yeah. no, I must it's, have misheard that.
1: It's no, Sorry, it's, it's, it's totally, totally it's, a few cra- um,
2: questions, it's totally. Yeah, what's it that? We have a few questions from the crowd. When you guys are ready? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, uh,
0: that 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 is
2: just that's. that's hang on. Well, let's let's just do this. So, question. so since since we're on wood, we'll go with Matt's one first. Hi Matt. What challenge is it? Yeah, good yeah. question. If you need a day yeah
1: so so Matt I, I'm not making 400 barrels a day at the moment right so we're nowhere near that um, and, and it, actually we're not producing a whole bunch because you know we're, 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 we're cash poor at the moment and asset rich right um, and so we're very much in a position where we want to get there um, and we will get there um, and so um, but it, it means that if we did get there, then that's a lot of casks, right? And then you've got a problem because all of a sudden you've got to fight with, you know, um, uh, others to get the supply casks. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's that's a huge problem. So we've just recently um, uh, put on a, um, a head cooper. Um, so uh, he's starting in July um, and he's had 20 years experience and he's joining us in July onwards to assist us with – with um, our barrel program moving forward, how
3: right. many barrels a day do you reckon he? How many barrels an hour will he produce? Oh, <laughs>
1: yeah, there's no way. Like a good cooper, probably 20 a day, right, or maybe 40, right? Youngy, um, Youngy, yeah. what's the
3: what's the what's the benchmark, Youngy? Uh, we know he's watching. Yeah, what's the uh, benchmark that they should be aiming for to uh, get a good quality barrel out the door?
0: No, hang on, but you've got to take out a good quality breakfast time you got to take out morning <laughs> tea. got to have a decent lunch. Second breakfast. Second breakfast. Um, just time out. you know, just got to have time out, mm. reduce the stress levels, and then yak an afternoon time. break. So... <laughs> There's got to be yak time. By <laughs> the way, Youngie, I'm joking. You know, you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Don't cut off my barrels, mate.
3: <laughs> <laughs> While we wait for uh, Youngie to uh, slap us. That's probably, uh, pretty,
2: that's probably pretty close. One, barrel,
3: One barrel at two point. Oh, 2... that will
1: be to fill, though, not to build a barrel.
2: Yeah, you
0: couldn't build a yeah, barrel. Yeah. No, no way.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I thought you guys were asking to build a barrel, but yeah, yeah no, to fill a, I barrel, a yeah, barrel. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Actually, I wonder if. Um... Well,
3: actually, if we go Oak uh, Planning Australia with we'll viable long term strategy for these
2: sort of goals, I mean. <laughs> Thank okay, you. There's, yeah. <laughs> one,
0: there's another question from earlier on that we sort of missed. We do.
3: We've we we got a lot, go we a lot of questions. A lot of We've got more questions oh. than we've ever had. Absolutely. Oh. So, uh, um, uh, Rian, uh, uh, why would a blended product be cheaper?
0: Good question. Doesn't necessarily yeah, good have a question.
1: To be. No. Um, no. It doesn't need it to quality. be
3: quality.
0: No.
1: So, so generally speaking, with malt whiskey, malt whiskey is made from malted barley, and malted barley costs. Um, three to four times more than just normal grain. And as a result, because of the cost of that malt, means that um, the malted uh, malt whiskey will be a lot more expensive. And so by making grain whiskey, it has a, your raw material is a lot cheaper. And as a result, then that means that your whiskey is cheaper, which means that when you blend it and you say you blend 20% malt with 80% grain whiskey, you'll get a really good product, but it means that you can sell it at a, slight, at a lower price point. And that's that's yeah. how that market works. Um, uh, yeah. Right. To, yeah.
3: Um, back to Matt Bailey and the uh, the barrels. I reckon they build it two to three minutes
1: per barrel. Wow! Wow! That's amazing, Matt. Um, that, how many fingers do they have? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's freaking amazing. That's, that's amazing.
3: Incredible. Um, okay, so well, uh, uh, nice little comment there. Uh, guitar. Mashing in my 100
0: liter <laughs> John, Car- John Carberry would say the same thing from Murray River Cooperage, actually. Because remember, he told us the story, and yeah, uh, those guys sure. they basically work on commission, right? Uh, mm. and they, they, they've got no, okay. quotas, they they, they got to just get them out the door, it, mm. it's um, no mucking around. So, yeah, um, they're not there to fornicate well, with arachnids, they're not there to fornicate with arachnids. That's for sure. <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> uh, they
3: go, Lee. Uh, oh, I think it would be Lee, that would
1: be embarrassing No mate, you're there no, you We'll make it ahead. happen
0: It's uh, just, this on, on, the, just
2: this on the biggest
0: scale nah, Lee's on the uh, technical standards committee I'm on the technical right. standards committee uh, <clears> I'm going to put it forward I'm on the New South Wales committee <clears> Dave, you're there <clears> mate <throat> Absolutely yeah, so- your, your, your vision is what other introvert. Remember,
1: introvert. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, you're doing well, mate. You're holding it oh together. God. I'm impressed. <laughs> Picture everybody
3: naked.
1: That's
4: Oh, damn.
1: Uh, another
3: question coming. In. How many different whiskies have you got uh, at the moment?
1: I think we've got about a dozen. Yeah, right. So, so the one I'm drinking at the moment is is choc chocolate malt. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's yeah, choc sure. whiskey um and then yeah we've made a we've made quite a few different whiskeys that that we've got available and they will be i was hoping to have the website ready today i was hoping to launch Ostra whiskey today but avail i didn't get the website built in time so i'm hoping that's going to be tomorrow or on saturday you should have given me Um, a call i could have helped you there Oh, dude, I oh, know, I oh, know, but um, we're we're doing it in house, you know. Um, yeah. we'll but talk what tomorrow. it means we'll is, is, my people
0: will talk to your people. Is, yeah.
1: So, um, everything I release this year will be a founders uh, cask or a founders uh, bottling, um, and there isn't that much available, um, and so it'll only be a founders this year. So, right. uh, no, hold on, hold on. Hold I on. Yeah, 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 put that, it in perspective. Yeah. What is your definition? So, okay, of not, not much. much.
3: It's uh, yeah. entirely different. I know what my definition not so much, much
2: is, is. I'm sure it's a lot less. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, look, um, I'm, I'd have to come back to you on the exact number, but it would be at least 30 or 40,000 bottles. Oh.
2: <laughs> Can yeah, we have so, a not much release uh, of 30 so, or 40,000
1: uh, bottles? Crafty? No, I know. It sounds more, more but better, we're going to release no. it globally. And you have to understand yep. that. When we are doing larger volumes, then this will be seen as you know Penfolds first bottlings, right? If you've got the first yeah. vintage of Penfolds, it's worth a million bucks, and mm-hmm. so the collectors out there, there would want to grab these bottles and mm-hmm. um, and 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 sit on them because you know we want to create a global brand here, um, mm-hmm. and we want to be you know in a position where we're we're helping all distillers to to move into the international market, whether it's a blends, whether it's, you know, um uh, contract or whether it's, you know, our brand Ostra or, or whatever it might mean. Um uh secondly I've 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 got to sell these because you know we we've got to fund the next stage. Um yeah. and and it's, it's um, to fund the next stage of our business, yeah, we need all the help we can get, basically. And, um, and we hope that the Australian community will support us and not only the Australian community, but the global community. So, look, the biggest issue I face today is I want to lay down as many casks every single day. But the thing that's stopping me is capital, right? And it's the biggest problem that we all have. If we had all had more money, we would all be putting down more casks, right? And so this is a fundamental issue, not just in Australia, but globally for all distillers, right? Uh, whiskey distillers. Um, so say, for example, I've got a customer and that customer wants a million, uh, a million uh, dollars worth of whiskey per month, right? Which is a lot, right? Now, let's say our whiskey is five years old, right? So that means I have to lay down a million dollars worth of whiskey every month for 60 months, right? So that's 60 million dollars worth of whiskey. I don't have 60 million dollars, right? Mm. And so, so. It's a fundamental issue to be able to fund future growth, right? And so, let's say it's, you, you put in 10% or 20% growth rate on top of that. So, then all of a sudden, it's no longer $60 million worth of whiskey that you have to fund. It's a it's hundred million dollars worth of whiskey, right? Now, let's say you got 10 of those customers, right? The numbers mm. just get, they just blow out of proportion. It's right? Exponential, yeah. Exactly, right? So, how do you? about funding it how do we as an industry go about funding it right you know and and some distillers you know have have worked that out and those distillers are doing quite well you know you get an you get an equity play from you know a, a major uh distilling global uh beverage company um or you you know use private equity or you know etc etc so so i've thought about this long and hard and, and i've sort of been deb- debating this into for years and years and uh, a few years ago we came up with a solution and that solution is is and and there's been different variances of this um, around um, and that is to build a whiskey exchange and so that's exactly what we're doing at the moment and I was hoping to launch the whiskey exchange tonight but lo and behold you know um, I need to sell some more bottles to fund you know, it, so, <laughs> so, um, so if anyone out there is listening, please buy a bottle, um, to help yourself. Right. And I, and I'll tell you well, why. We've got, because... we've
3: got Victor Noon saying he'll take a dozen. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: off the bat. And we're <laughs> out of the
0: starting blocks. Let's go people. Yeah. <laughs> we can do more than that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Sorry. Now we get, now people's, um, get comfortable, um, buckle up. We're about to go for a very different ride. Day continue, mate.
1: Yeah, so so this is why we came here tonight. It wasn't so much to hear my story. And I'm sure everyone's enjoyed my story, um, but it's the next chapter, and the next chapter is more important for us all. Um, and that next chapter of, of the whiskey industry, not just locally but globally, right? And how how can we change the industry forever? So um, so what we've done is we're building a whiskey exchange. Um, the whiskey exchange is called WX five hundred. So WX stands for Whiskey Exchange and 500 because um, 500, uh, normally when you put a barrel down, it's no more than 500 litres, right, Um, generally speaking. So uh, WX500.com or .io, thanks for putting that up there. Um, I was hoping to launch it tonight, but it looks like it's going to be launched at the end of the month. Um, I am the guinea pig, right? So on this exchange, there'll be one distiller, and that's me, um, one distillery, right? And the way it works is, is um, say, for example, you want to lay down a whole bunch of casks, but you, you don't have the funds to do it. So traditionally, you got to get debt or equity to fund your business, right? So, from a distiller's perspective, um, you can now fund your business ongoing, right? So, what you do is you make a barrel of whiskey or a cask of whiskey, just like behind me. And then once it's produced and you got a survey and it's real and it exists, right. And you know um, then you can sell that barrel or cask of whiskey on the exchange. Right. And so then you sell that cask on the exchange and then someone will come in and buy that cask or that whiskey. Right. And they will buy that and hold that as an asset. Um, And then when they hold that as an asset, they then will get a return on on that on that on that whiskey. So obviously you don't sell it at retail price. You'll sell it at a discount, right? But what it means you as a distiller is that you now have the ability to um, take um, this barrel, sell it the same day or the next day, and then you've got the funds tomorrow to lay down two barrels, right? Because you've created some profit because of your brand, right? Now, a lot of people don't have ten or you know ten or twenty thousand dollars to to buy a cask. So, what we're doing is we're we're uh, breaking the cask up into bottles, right? So each cask um, holds, let's call it two hundred or three hundred bottles of whiskey, right? And so, so what we do is we we break it up into pieces. And because they're not bottles yet, they're still um, uh, liquid in a cask. So we don't want to call it a bottle of whiskey because then that's you know um, not mm. correct. So we call it a stave. Now, mm-hmm. one stave, how many staves does a barrel have, right? Now, so a stave represents an imaginary bottle of 700ml at um, bottle strength, whatever you deem bottle strength to be, whether it's 40%, 42, 48, or barrel strength, and then that stave represents that um, uh, that bottle. So it hasn't matured yet; it's sitting in cask. It's like it's un, it's it's in bond, right? Mm. And so when that cask matures, which it might be two years, or might be five years, or might be ten years, um, the distiller would will decide what that age is right and as a result he will decide what the price is of their product right so say for example i've got an 800 hundred dollar bottle of whiskey right and it matures in five years time right um let's change it let's call it a four thousand dollar bottle of whiskey right now how many of you guys have uh have drunk a four thousand dollar bottle of whiskey
3: last night.
1: Exactly. Oh, we did? Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, we did. we did. Yeah, It's rare. Not, yeah, not, but, not bowl, every night. Right? And yeah, yeah. We, had, we had we had, about that much of it. <laughs> yeah. Totally, right? And it was probably one of the best $60 whiskeys you gram. had. $70. <laughs> Here, oh, you $70, gram. $70 gram, yeah.
0: 30, 32-year-old mm. Glendronic. Mm.
1: Carry mm. on. Now, mo- most people can't afford to do that, right? And most people would like to try that, yeah? Don't and this is life. the thing, right? So what we're doing is we're going to able to give everyone the opportunity to own a four thousand dollar bottle of whiskey all right so you as a consumer can go to you know wx 500 right and you can buy a stave today right which is a new barrel of new make spirit it will have a, a, a a a contract on it and that contract will say that that bottle matures in 10 years time or 20 years time or 15 years time and um and that Bottle then will have a retail value of four thousand dollars, right? But if you bring it back to today's value, then you can buy that as a stave for a hundred dollars, right? Because it's new make, right? And so what you're doing is you've you've got now people buying staves of whiskey out of your barrel and funding, you know, uh, the distillery today and supporting that distillery and going on the journey with you, right? And then, um, and then you, can, you can enjoy a really expensive bottle of whiskey and not having to pay, you know, um, or, or raise your superannuation fund to, to enjoy it. It's no longer just for rich people, right? So
3: how do you take into account the angel's share
1: with those barrels? Yep. Yeah, so good question. So, so look at these casks behind me. So they're 200-litre casks. So we yep. only put 150 litres up for sale. Right. Yep. Yep. Right? So only 75%. And then if you age it for a longer period of time, then you'll only put up 100 litres up for sale. Or if gotcha. it's a 20-year-old whiskey, you might need four barrels and there's 20 litres in each, right? Which means mm. that's why you've got a higher price point at $4,000 a bottle, right? Gotcha. So what it does is it gives us the tool, the distillers, and it, and it gives us the ability to to create really exciting long-term projects that we can fund today. Mm. And it gives the consumer the ability to, um, to fund us, but also give them the ability to taste this really amazing whiskey at a, at, at a sensible price. Mm. So
0: I, let me break this down because I had <laughs> to wrestle with this when you told me and get my head around it. And what I've come to is you're basically creating a stock market on exactly. trading as whiskey. And yes, anybody we- can trade on this, this stock market. Anyone yes. can put product on <clears throat> and any pro- anybody can sell and buy as they see fit. That's
1: correct. That's correct. So say, for right. example, your house burns down and you go, oh, bugger, my house is burnt down. I need to build a new house. But I've got all this whiskey that I bought, right, on WX500, right? So then you can instantly sell. Your, your position on WX500 or you could just buy some whiskey and play the market and so the market will go up right and then it'll go down and it'll go up and down and so then you can trade from a, a $50 bottle of whiskey stay- up to a $4,000 bottle of whiskey
0: so it's a free market. It's not a regulated market. It's a free That's correct. market economy share market. That's correct.
1: So so true. So how do you value your barrel of whiskey at the moment? Right? You've got to get a value in, and that value will look at you know, market rates, et cetera, et cetera. But we, no one can really truly like value that product. So you look at some distilleries and they go, well, my, my product's worth this much because we're selling it at retail price for this much, right? But is it truly worth that much? Well, the test is to put it onto a free market and see what the market decides what it's worth.
0: Mm. Okay, so if we take an example, and and I'm just throwing a name out there (laughs) because it just comes to mind straight away, Sutherland's Cove, right? So Sutherland's Cove have a parcel of barrels and they go, all right, we're not going to sell this as we normally would. We're actually going to put it on on the WX500 and let it rip. And however it goes is however it goes. That's a fascinating concept. It's a fascinating concept.
1: So it it might mean that that bottling from Sullivan's Cove is worth substantially more. Maybe they're undervaluing themselves and maybe those bottlings are going to be worth a lot, lot more. Or maybe Mm. the buyer um, wants to buy that bottling because, you know, it was bottled on their son's birthday right and they want yep. it on their 21st birthday All right and they want to gift them or or they got a wedding coming up in four years time right or whatever it might be and they go okay well you know we're going to buy x y z right so right. we can have some really really good bottles at that at that wedding there's a there's a myriad different reasons why you can do it but what it does is it it turns the liquid assets into into a tradable capital asset right and so mm. it gives everyone the opportunity to to take, um, take that asset and turn it into cash whenever you like. Now, you as a distiller don't have to sell that asset, right? This barrel here, you could just sell, you know, two staves or 10 staves out of that cask and, and hold the rest to yourself, right? And then right. you can just slowly release them, right? And yep. you can just keep them and just sell them in a retail level, right? Yeah. Or you can just go in and buy, you know, a whole bunch of casks from another distiller and use that to blend your own product. Mm. Yes. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna um, be
0: devil's advocate. So, yep. we all know about the twenty million dollar plus Nant. Yep. Alleged, alleged fraudulent action. I'll, I'll use the word alleged. Uh, yep. Hopefully, soon prosecutable, but that's another story. Um, so there's a lot of fear out there on barrel investments totally. and and, totally. and anything like yep. that, right? So someone comes along, and goes, "No, oh, this just sounds like a Ponzi scheme. This just sounds like it's yep. dodgy as fuck." <laughs> and I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying it is. I'm being devil's advocate, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. So, what
0: sort of, what sort of um, uh, consumer protection? Yeah, what sort of consumer protection? What, what sort of independent surveillance analysis um, that is is overs- oversight? What sort of oversight is there on this?
1: <clears throat> so, so at the moment. Um, uh, I'm the guinea pig right so we're, we're developing this so we're, we're building the plane as we're flying it right, right. Um, And so <laughs> so we're developing this as we're going um, in my vision um, every distillery, distillery will need to be audited by a, a, a third party auditor um, all their casts will need to be audited to prove that they're there yeah. Um, yeah. all that record keeping um, has to be transparent Right, so all the surveys, um, and and we're the first ones that we're doing. We're 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 basically building a database, and on that database, we're capturing all the information of that of that um, bottle. So, say for example, where did the grain come from? Which farm? Who was the brewer? Uh, who was the maltster? Which malting facility did it go through? Right? Um, where was it brewed? Um, and what the sticks were on that brew? You know, what percentage of alcohol? What you know? Uh, who brewed it? Was it Tom, Dick, or Harry? Right. Then um, who was the distiller? You know, was it me? Was it Todd? Was it Craig? Was it Was it Luke? Um, and and then um, you know what were the cuts? What you know all that all that metadata, right, can all be captured, right? And then then what what casker went into? What day it was filled? Uh, what percentage of alcohol? Barrel strength it was. All that data can now be captured. And that's, that is included in the survey, right? And then we take all that data and we can then link it to every single cask and every single stave. And then once the stave matures, it then gets transferred into every single bottle, right? And so then we know that the excise tax has been paid, right? We know when. We know um, all the details of that uh, bottling and that cask and we know everything about that whiskey now just take for example now right you've got a whole bunch of bottles behind you there luke right yeah. um and if you pick one bottle right how much information can you gather about that cask and where it came from right a lot uh,
0: the label and maybe the website first one yeah
3: totally i could reach it without hurting myself uh one of my favorite thing <laughs> lake yep king, king, lake. king lake yep I haven't tried this one yet, actually. Oh, it's great. Not now. Not right now, no. Because yeah, we've got too much. Too much, yeah. Um, look, I know that it was um, filled at 63.5 and reduced to bottle strength using Lag spring water. Uh, it's French oak, 225 litre, Portuguese 20. There's a lot of information. There's yeah. actually a lot of information. I've, <laughs> actually, <laughs> never, I've actually never read the bottle. <laughs> Yeah, that's <laughs> really what uh, let me find one of your bottles. <laughs> no, that office, piss <office.
0: laughs> <laughs> <laughs> What is just on that though? What what you, what you're saying there aligns beautifully with what's happening in with whiskey consumers. They want transparency. They mm. want transparency. They want to know. <laughs> they, want to know the, they want to know the duck's bum. There's your benchmark. There's your benchmark. Uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely, it?
1: Yeah. and that's exactly. Yeah. It. And that's exactly where the industry is going. It's all about transparency, right? And, and a lot of the issues that, you know, the industry may see can be resolved through transparency. So Ooh, if we can create a, a system, question. right, if we can create a system that, that um, what about blockchain? Well, <laughs> well, now that you've asked. <laughs> so, so the reason why it's um, uh, WX500.io is because all this data is being recorded on the blockchain, right? So, so what we're doing is we're recording every single stave and every single cask and every bottle on the blockchain. And so that blockchain then represents each stave or bottle. And as it gets traded, it then gets traded and all that data stays with that stave, right? And it can be traded a million times or a thousand times or just the once, right? And so then we can keep track of all that information. And wherever it ends up or wherever it goes. And so then all of a sudden you've got a complete transparent transparency around your stable bottle and, and it's all on a public ledger. You can't cheat the system. And so you your devil's advocate about the NANDs, right? You can't you can't escape it because all you can't cheat all that information. It is gonna be there and it's gonna be in the public domain. And so it then forces transparency in the industry to a whole nother level. And so when you've got bottlings and people, people are uh, 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 pushing, you know, to you know, solve the issue of fake whiskies and all that sort of thing, then all of a sudden you've, got, a sudden, you've got that transparency be- be behind each bottle.
0: I got, I'd like to comment on Matt's comment there. Um, yeah, very that? good comment, uh, very relevant for sure. But I also think we're entering different times. Uh, and I, yeah, obviously, brand authenticity is number one, but a level of transparency um, is, is going to become even more of, of a driving factor for consumers. Mm. Um, you know, purely just from it's- one angle is food security, right? They, they want to mm. know, you know what they're eating, what they're drinking, where it's coming from. And, and it's, a global, it's a global demand for this sort of knowledge. So what may have been in the past is not necessarily what's happening in the future.
1: Mm. No, but Matt's right. It's one part of the story, right? And, it's only one part and of the story, a, for sure. Yeah, that's right. And 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 each brand. And there is still a lot of history, of
4: brand
2: loyalty out there. Yeah, it's brand loyalty, of course. And
1: certainly, using the example
3: before, if Sullivan's Cove put up a a, a barrel and uh, and a hundred staves into the market by brand virtue alone, they're going to be able to command a higher price for those staves. Um, than uh, XYZ distillery who only produce two barrels a year, it's yep. there's going to be, of <clears throat> course, differences, and and I think people will need yep. to obviously expect you're not going to be able to put your barrel up there for uh, for what you wish for, <laughs> it will be market driven and based on
0: that demand, yeah. But the thing uh, that excites absolutely, me absolutely. about this is. Right now, if you're a Johnny-come-lately distillery and you make a cracking product and you can't get it out there and you're desperately trying to get it into a Dan's or you're Mm. desperately trying to get it into a BWS or whatever, and you may succeed and it'll sit on the shelf Mm. because Mm. people don't know who you are outside your your local area or outside your your social media sphere. Mm. So it'll sit there and you'll get dumped, whereas on the W yeah, on, on on your on your whiskey exchange, it's um, everyone's got access really to the market. market. <laughs> everyone is on a level
1: platform, mm. right? Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah,
1: absolutely. No, it's a, and it's and, a, a, and the genius exciting. behind it is, it gives everyone access to that market, right? Yeah. And yeah, of course, you know, if you've got a, a stronger brand, then you'll you will sell more, right? But but if you're a smaller brand then all of a sudden you've got the opportunity to sell your cask as you make them to give you the mm. money to then put to into grow. branding, yeah. right? To grow your tribe, to grow your brand, right? To give you a, a, a better crack at the industry, right? Mm. And, and because all these small craft distillers, they're partly innovative, right? They're really like, mm. you know, and if they had more money, then their brands would be bigger, Right. And this mm. is like most of us have a finance problem and this is a finance solution for distillers. Right, mm. right. Cause it gives That's you exciting. the ability to sell. You don't have to wait five years to sell your, to sell your, your bottles. You can now sell them now. Right, Get mm. the money now and build your brand and build more stock and build out your distillery.
3: So how will you, how I, I'm a new distiller. I have zero brand presence um, I'm 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 as green fields as they come, oh. and I, I want to put my my barrel on there. How do I stand out? How do I get seen on the platform, and and tell the story of my
0: barrel? How would you on a on a stock market?
2: Yeah. Well, you would awesome. Those sort of vind- those sort of distilleries will be the speculation or the
1: speculation. Mm, yeah.
3: Sure,
1: speculative market, yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It'll be speculative to a to a degree, absolutely. Yeah. yeah so yeah. the the market will sort itself out. So a lot of mm. these questions, we don't know what they're going to look like, but someone's got yeah. to develop mm. this and create it, and be the yeah. guinea pig, right? And Ostra is that guinea pig, right? So I've, mm. I've developed WX500 to solve my own problem, right? And if I yeah. have this problem of funding casks, because I want I need to fund 400 casks a day, and I don't have that sort of money. Right. Mm. So you've, got to, you've got to build the cask, you've got to make the liquid, you've got to put it into wood, and then you've got to wait. You've got to wait, and you've got to wait. <laughs> and waiting's <laughs> the waiting's hard, the hardest bit, right? You've got to wait till it's um, ready,
3: not when you want it to be ready.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And so um, it, it's, a, it's a tough gig, you know? Mm. Um, and so, yeah. how do we fix that? And this, is, this gives us a potential to, to support the distillers. Mm. to support every distillery and give them the cash flow through that pain to mm. build out their brands and build out their team and build out their brand presence, right, and actually get a better go from an entrepreneurial perspective to, to succeed in the marketplace. And then as a mm. result, what's going to happen is all of a sudden we've got a much stronger and robust industry.
0: You're going you're gonna to get momentum on this, and I'm going to throw it out mm-hmm. there, and I haven't even talked to my wife about it. Um, <laughs> we're distillery number two. We'll, we'll come on it, Dave. I, I believe in what you're doing there, and I think thank you. I want to do it. Um, I don't yeah. know what volume, just remember yeah. my garden hose it, it, and everything it, else, it, but uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs>
1: and that's, that's that's the beautiful thing about it, do you know? I and mean? because if you okay, so let's, say, let's say you buy one of those whiskey books, right? And you and you you glean through the pages, and you got each distillery on a double sided page, just imagine that. Right. And then imagine that you can then like have that on your screen. So you go into WX five hundred and you select, you know, Crafty Craig's Distillery and you you get that, you know, all the information about the distillery. And then you got access to then feeding off to, you know, the Facebook or whatever or whatever your sites are. And then all of a sudden you also got access to all that metadata. So then all of a sudden you go, Oh, well, how many casts does he have? Oh wow, he's only got he only put down five casts this year. That's rare. I've got to get myself a hand on that. Right. And then because, okay, say, t- let's take McCallum's, for example, right? Rare. <laughs> yep. Rare, right? But how many bottlings <laughs> do they have? How many casks do they have? Does anyone actually know? No one knows except for the distillery. So all of a sudden, right? So uh, stock markets, the way they work is information, right? So if, you, if the stock market knows or, or WX500 knows that you've only laid down five casks that year, right? then everyone knows that that's going to be rare and scarce. And everyone knows in 20 years' time, when you succeed as a global brand, that those bottlings are going to be rare. Does that make yeah, sense? Absolutely. Yeah, no, yeah, it, it does. No.
0: Lee, Lee's got so, a
1: good question.
4: So,
1: yeah.
0: What do our friends at the ATO think about the
1: concept? So I would like to, I would like to have on this metadata when the excise was paid. I would, and we've got the ability to add that um, data into the system as it's going, right? And so all of a sudden, you can then um, see when that bottling was bottled and when the excise was paid. And I think that's going to be a major game, yeah, game changer for the, um, the excise industry. Okay. That's a good question. Um, we got another I, question. I haven't pitched it to the ATO yet, just to be clear.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Ask
1: forgiveness rather than permission.
0: <laughs> well, it's still... Every, every, yeah. No, it's yeah. Carry on. Uh, next one. Yeah. Uh, what are the anticipated uh, costs for the distillers on the WX? Okay.
1: So, so at the moment, when you put your um, bottle of whiskey onto, uh, uh, call it Coles or Dan Murphy's, you got to give them thirty or forty percent. You got to give them thirty or forty percent um, margin. So. Um, I've got to make WX five hundred work right as a as a separate entity and self funded. So I'm toying around the idea of around a five percent um, mark, where where you pay a fee of you know five percent or under to um to to put your cask onto or your bottlings onto onto um, onto the website. Yep which I think is fair and reasonable, yeah. right? Like I've got well, to make sure uh, this thing works, yeah. you know, there's, yeah. a of, yeah. there's a lot of, there's a lot of costs um, behind it.
3: Yeah. From a, from a nerdy web developer um, tech basis, I want to have a conversation with you separately about how
1: the hell you've built it. <laughs> <laughs> because it's, it's, I'm building the plan as I'm, as I'm flying it. Remember that. Yeah. So it's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But the, the,
3: the technical side of it is, um, is, is
1: very cool. I've got whiskey to warm me up. Um, yeah. so, sorry, best, I got distracted, Luke.
3: <laughs> no, no, the, we can have a nerdy conversation later on. Um, we, do, I think we might have missed um, some questions because they've been coming in thick and fast.
2: I think we got most yeah, of them.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's a hard one, but I think we should. Yeah. It, Do it. Indeed. Do All it. right. Okay. okay. Here, we go. Here we go. And now it's time for Throw the, the, Todd, the Todd, Todd Under the, under the Bus. Under the bus. Oh, he's this is the
3: one is thing up. I live for. i scared. <laughs>
0: All right, Todd.
3: I haven't, I haven't ordered the, uh, the stress buses yet. Yeah,
0: yeah, we've got the stress buses are coming. <laughs> so uh, this is the moment where we throw Todd under the bus. Yeah. Um, two reasons: one to make sure he's still awake, but the second thing is
2: because <laughs> it amuses them.
0: It, it, it amuses <laughs> them. It amuses us. Amuses us no end. Um, and he can be such a sarcastic bugger sometimes. <laughs> so, um, but basically, we say. <clears throat> Todd, I, he was, how can I put it? He was the apprentice's apprentice. So I didn't call myself a distiller till after three years. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. And I... God, I've got a big forehead Yeah, for, Oh, my God. For three years, oh, I called myself an apprentice distiller, right? Self-imposed apprenticeship. And Todd was the apprentice's apprentice. So I'm now the distiller, and you're out of your apprenticeship, Todd. You. Still not paid, though. You're still not paid. So so Todd has a series of questions because he only ever works with me. <laughs> now, that's not necessarily the best practice. Best practice. Or, best practice yeah. and probably the best way to describe it. So Todd's got questions on how to do things right. Todd, go. <laughs>
2: oh, gee. Where do, where do you start with a head like that? He, he is he is my shining armor. Keep, keep, keeps me well well amused most most days. Anyway, <laughs> my my number one question when you when you're not doing your grand plan to sort of um dominate the world, what do you do in oh your my spare God. time?
1: <laughs> uh what do I do in my spare time? Um or do
2: you have spare time for starters? That
1: would be a good question. I I, I, I do not have any spare time. I have a young son, and um, yeah, he's absolutely gorgeous. He's almost two years old, Oof. and um, yeah, he's uh, he's he's yeah he's he's a handful. Put it that way. Um, yeah, so he's uh, he's definitely a handful. Um, I'd like to think that I'd read books, um, but I just can't even turn a page at the moment.
4: Yeah. Okay.
1: Oh, like that's I'm, I'm a I'm a I'm that's a family man. A, I mean, we've moment. got
3: we've got oh, we've got a real that, page turner that, that,
0: That's a good segue. to we're going to digress for a second from from uh, from Dave. Um so Aussie Craft is still is shooting the shit. It's very proud <laughs> to announce that this book get it to the camera. Up oh, there you go. Is the biography of Jim McEwen? It's a thick fucker. It's heavy as. It's as heavy as you can use it as a doorstop. It's sixty-eight point five percent. It is. <laughs> yeah, five hundred. Yeah, use it, it
2: as a 500 doorstop.
3: Five
0: hundred something uh, pages. Let me. me five hundred something pages. Let me count them. All right, count them. Start counting. Anyway, so basically. Um, through relationships that we have, which we've developed through Aussie Crafters, still is shooting the shit. Um, we have 400. secured 400 what? Well, the, the, the last chapter starts at 480, so roughly 500 pages, right? Yeah. So, so it's a substantial book. We got the rights for it to sell it, and we're bringing it into the country, and we're keeping it to ourselves, and we're keeping it to ourselves. <laughs> um, for Australia and New,
3: New Zealand. Zealand. So, right. Well, you didn't. You you must have bought a digital copy, or not one from Australia, because you didn't buy it from us yet. No, you I can still want. buy it from
0: mine if you want. <laughs> <Shh>. But anyway, <laughs> shut up, shut up, shut up. we're doing okay. ourselves. We're selling books. Don't you understand? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so this is, uh, now we go into please mode. So, <laughs> so this is to fund our trip. Aussie Craft still shooting the ship to the US next year, which is our very much a completely tax write-off. No, it's not. It's a fully, <laughs> fully legitimate uh, education <laughs> tour of the US. Uh, there's a number of distilleries you want to go to. A number of still makers. There's a whole lot of things happening. No, Brad. No. But this book, seriously, for any fledgling distiller, for any, oh, any not, distiller, no, not Padawan. For any Padawan in the industry. Read this book, understand this man, and you will gain a lot on your journey. For any established distiller, you want this on your shelf, and I'll make sure that happens. For any whiskey nerd, <laughs> he's
3: going to hunt you down if you don't. Yeah, it. I'll
0: hunt you down because <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> he's going to hit you with Guys, it. Guys, we're bringing in
0: 250 books, all right? We're going to move the units. <laughs> so, <laughs> And that's our segue to the book. Details to follow, people. Um, <laughs> we will be at the Australian Whiskey Show um in not this weekend next weekend it will be there and you will be able to buy it hopefully okay. all right back to
3: yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get a copy I'll, I'll get, get a copy in the same sentence
0: <laughs> <laughs> blame yep. blame dhl i get
2: no, no. paid before you get paid let's put it that way say again Gar's comment on the screen <laughs> i want to get paid <laughs> before craft. <laughs> <laughs> i've been in yeah, the industry that with you a lot longer
0: I'll sort that out, Garth. I've been meaning yeah. to get back to you. Sorry, mate. <laughs> uh, Phil, uh, details to follow. I'm still
3: building the ordering uh, process. Um, when we get them, when we know that we've got them, we'll put up the uh, the ability to order.
0: So we're air freighted 30 books um, and we're sea freighting seriously 250 books because we're backing it. We believe that this is the book that you need for the industry um dave wants it that's saying something yeah. dave wants a copy yeah yeah definitely I'll, i'm gonna read yeah. it as soon as
1: i get
3: it <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, there's a book You're, to
3: read or, or or you'll intend to read it as soon as you get it yeah All as right. soon as um,
1: my son yeah grows up and i i've got yeah i, yeah. C- I can actually get a minute <laughs> <laughs> do, do you want to so, hear dave, what my son's name is
0: uh, hang on, let's take a guess. Uh, hold on. You're um, to have a guess. Brooklady? Close. No? close. Abig? Abig? Brook. Little Abig?
1: Oh, so close. <laughs> <laughs> you got to go Isla. one step back. Isla? No. no, no. One step back. One step literally. one step back from
0: one, one, bro, bro,
3: bro. one step back from Brooklady.
0: Malt? You're calling Gym. him Malt? <laughs> Jim, No, Malt.
3: Oh, I thought Malt was pretty good. No, I mean, any kid that gets called Malt is going to kill their parents in their sleep. It's, it's malted
0: barley. What are you doing? Come back here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, malted <laughs> bal- barley, Ostra. <laughs> okay. we're, we're now devolving
2: into just general yeah okay,
0: we are. We are. Dave. This is what happens when we get to one minute 42. Uh, yeah. sorry, you think 48 now 48. Uh, things I to can break keep down. talking, there's no problem. <laughs> no, 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 we'll keep going, we'll keep going for sure. Um, so have we answered all the questions? So, I mean, guys, this does everyone, to does everyone get, get the
1: concept? Does everyone get uh, it? Does it make sense? It's it's um, a lot to unpack, yeah, like it takes so, a little uh, bit to, to really understand it.
0: So when when um, Dave and I were talking uh, a couple of weeks ago and I was driving and we were about planning about shooting the shit and Dave said, uh, he said, oh, I've got this thing. I, I can't tell you. I can't tell you. I can't tell you. And I went, no, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, I can wait. And he goes, all right, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. And I was driving and I went, fuck, I better pull over. This sounds pretty full on, <laughs> all right? So, the way it went from me was, uh-huh, yep, uh-huh, fuck, fuck, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I've had a chance to think this through uh, and play devil's advocate in my head and and no one else because I haven't told anyone else. Um, and I really think um, two things. I think, Dave, it's so good to see you, mate, on on the field. You're on the playing field. You're one of the team. Right, giving it a crack, wearing the colors, <laughs> which is awesome. Right, welcome, welcome to the team. Right, we're out there. Um, but the other thing is, I think it's just such a fascinating concept. Um, it's and I really think it's going to fly. I, re- I reckon you're going to get momentum, you're going to get distillers behind it. Um, I hope so, and particularly so. going into economic hard times because, yeah. yeah, we're all battling, battening down the hatches and looking for other ways to move mm. our product. So how it's will we know? Getting to back to getting back to
3: your product and uh, your uh, your whiskey yep. coming yep. out. Yep. Yes. How will we know that it's available?
1: Okay, so I don't do social media very well, but mm-hmm. I um, yeah the. Uh, Georgia in the office showed me how to do a post today and because I was trying to work out how to post and on my phone I couldn't work out how to post because they upgraded the Facebook thing um, anyway so yeah so I, I put a post up there today um, that it, that will so we're soft launching you know Ostra um, as, as a brand today um, and so I, I did my best to internally rebuilding the Ostra um, uh, distillers website but hopefully this weekend or early next week. So as soon as as soon as you can buy a credit card a bottle. Now those bottles um, I haven't bottled yet, so you can't you won't get them straight away. So that will help fund us to buy uh, the actual bottle itself. Um, so you will yep. probably get a bottle say four months later. Um, but it right. gives you the opportunity to send us cash, which we desperately need, um, uh, so that we can finish building WX500. Um, Because it's really important that we build this as fast as possible um, so that we can then open it up as fast as possible to every distiller in Australia and beyond, right? Because I think fundamentally it's going to change and it's going to have major ripple effects throughout the whole industry because even if you're a consumer and you're a collector of whiskey say you want to own that $4,000 bottle of whiskey, you now have the opportunity to buy it as new make in a cask, wait five years and pay a hundred bucks for it or 200 bucks for it, as opposed to $4,000 for that bottle. right. And so most of those collectors will go in and they will buy a dozen bottles or a case or two. Um, They will consume a few of those bottles and then, WX500 gives them an opportunity to trade those bottles in the future as collectors, right? And flip them and earn money off them, right? And what that does is because there's a digital certificate attached to every single bottle with all the information behind it, um, that digital certificate means that bottle's real and you've got trust and validity um, that that bottle is um, is the real deal, and it comes from that distillery because the distillery is the one that created that that um, NFT. I didn't mention that. So so every um, bottle or stave is attached to an NFT. An NFT is a non-fungible token. Um, and what that means is we as distillers can put our bottle uh, image on each stave or cask, um, and then that is our brand. And so all of a sudden, what you'll see in the future is – you're trading virtual bottles of whiskey um, internationally as you as as you see fit and and when you want to on the open market and um, and this is going to genuinely tra- change our industry moving forward. Um, it mm. gives us still an opportunity to sell our products um, whether it's aged or unaged, whether we've got our bottlings that we've saved from our first founders release, and we want to put a. A, a bottle out there, you know, then you can, put you can put it on WX 500 and, and, do an auction on it, you know? And if you mm. want, you can donate all your money to a charity or whatever. Right. Yeah. There's so it's many nice ways that. that you can utilize this, this technology, um, that, that, um, that it just creates so many possibilities around it. Mm. Mm. <sighs> I'm going to, I'm going to ask
0: you, um, a question, and I just forgot what my question was. Shit, <laughs> sure, it was a really important one. That was a really important oh, one. Oh yeah. Um, Hang on, before I forget, um, I've got it. I am gonna. I come up with brain fart ideas. Yeah, okay, i a
2: question.
0: Why it's fresh in my head, otherwise I'll lose What's it. What's your question? There's only so much I can. You've been asking
2: questions all day.
0: There's, a, there's only. Space. It's a very limited space. If I lose I'll it, I Let me go. One. Let me go. Let me go. Let me go. Okay. I propose, Brain Fart, that I don't know how we do it, but there should be some sort of Zoom session with Australian whiskey distillers. Um, a forum <laughs> just to talk about this as a as a collective Australian whiskey distillers. And it doesn't matter if yep. you're... <clears throat> um, you're, le- you're all legal. It doesn't matter if you're a bumfuck out, out of a out of a, a beer keg or if you've oh. got the monsters like yours. I think it would be a great – it needs a lot of discussion uh, oh. kicking around uh, with the players. Yeah. Primarily, I Absolutely. So- I've, got, I've got no issue
1: in doing that. The more we talk about it, the more ideas will come out of it and the more yeah. we can put that into action to make sure that this is a really solid way forward. Um, yep. Uh, yep. because yep. we have to make sure that integrity is kept in our industry across the board. Um, and the best way to do that is through transparency, right? Absolutely. Um, and, and, and this gives us the ability to um, not only give us the transparency, but it gives us the funding to grow our industry, right? We're behind mm-hmm. the Scotch guys by 100 years and the Americans by 100 years, right? The Japanese mm-hmm. by 50 years. And we've got a lot of catching up to do. And this will give us the opportunity to really drive our brands internationally. Mm.
2: Just going, going by the comments that we're, we're receiving, I think it's a bit of a field of dreams thing. I think we need to build this and everyone's going to come on board.
1: Yeah, so yeah. I'm building it. So I wanted to yeah. launch it tonight. Um, I yeah. gave my, my guys the 11th of May a deadline, um, and they broke it. So they're now saying the 29th of May. So on the 29th of May, what you'll see is you'll be able Knowing to know developers, it. they'll break that too, but but we, we can stand it oh, <laughs> So anyway, so call it late May, early June, yeah? But what, yeah. what it'll do is you it'll... On the first in- iteration you, what you'll do, be able to do is you'll buy you'll be able to buy a stave out of a cask right an ostra stave right and you'll be able to buy that at a, at, a, at a huge discount because you're going on the journey with us right so i'm proof of concept so i'm putting my name and myself out there to try and make this work so wow. so yeah. you won't be able to trade the nfts Sorry. at this stage <laughs> right Um, But in the future, but the next stage would be to, um, uh, would be to take this and put it um, onto the marketplace. So stage two is to build that marketplace. Um, and so we started building it. So I'm hoping two months or so, um, no more than three, hopefully, um, we've got the marketplace up and running. Once that marketplace is running and we've tested the inter-trading, um, obviously using as a guinea pig, yeah. then it opens up to other distillers, right, as, as proof of concept.
0: I think um, Andrew Moore, Diamond Six. Uh, yeah. yeah, I know, Andrew. I don't think it's sunken lot, uh, yet. WX500 is a global market opportunity that transcends the local market. If if you're Dan Murphy's and your Coles and you're watching this, oh, you're going, ah, um. oh, fuck.
4: <laughs>
0: this is so if uh... you're Dan Murphy's
2: or your Coles, we're still looking for sponsors. So just,
1: <laughs> um, I'm hoping it's a that full this. US trip. <laughs> I would like to say that this WX500 helps everyone in the industry. Um, I don't know what the ripple effects will be as it, as it builds and grows. Um, but, you know, how that market shifts and moves. Um, but the transparency um, yeah. will help. And the fact that you'll be able to sell at a um, uh, with, with a lower margin, um, uh, giving away a lower margin will help your bottom dollar as well. So then more funds go into your... Um, into your distillery, so then you can then grow your distillery more and more. I did see a question as well from Ben Israel about um, uh, can you fund a new distillery through this? Theoretically, yeah, yeah, you can't. And the reason is, is because you physically have to make that barrel of whiskey before you sell it. Right, So you actually have to build the distillery, nine, actually make the barrel of whiskey or cask of whiskey, and then only then can you sell it. So you can't sell something that doesn't exist. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
3: I wasn't going to put that one out but right. there
2: you go maybe you have to control the buttons for calling no, there's, no there's, there's no sense there's a reason me. why he doesn't there's... have access he's behind me, <laughs> behind me. <laughs> the one time he presses
0: a button uh, it's the one and only time yeah. Sorry, I didn't no. write it That'd I do not know. Oh, someone's asked about the books' prices. Um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll get back to you on that. We're just finalising a few details. A million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and okay. yes, we are going to do a bit of a book tour, a whiskey tour with it as well. Mm. That question wasn't asked, but I thought I'd throw it out there like it was a question. Yep. So. But you will uh, ordering will be done
3: via the Shooting Shit website. So if you're a Facebook follower, um,
0: it'll follow on Facebook and we'll put it out on there as soon as it's available to buy. And we'll also have throw Todd under the bus, squeeze toys, stress toys. Yep.
3: Direct from China. Yep. Shh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Digress.
2: Just so, I mean, most of them will be. So there's nice, squeezy toys, ones, but... and there's the special ones that I use to try. It. <laughs> All right. uh, look, Got... we've, 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 we've hit the two
3: yeah. hour mark. My uh, Dave, there's a fucking, lot there, mate. There's there a, is a lot there. Yeah,
1: yeah. And... There's a lot to unpack. But to sum it up, please support me so I can support you. Yeah. Where,
0: where can people ask you more information? Because I would imagine there will be people yeah. with a series of questions. Or do you yeah. want to we'll just organize a forum and, and do it that way?
1: Um, look, we can do a forum. Look, if you want questions, jump on the austrodistillers.com website. Um, and um, or follow me on Facebook, obviously, um, uh, and you can uh, direct message me. Um, otherwise, yeah, just drop a drop a note on on um, uh, Austria Distillers, and yeah, we'll we'll email you back. Um, yeah, as soon as we get a chance, and we can set up a little meeting or or a conversation or whatever it might be. Yeah, no, we're going to uh, do a
0: forum. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, 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 this awesome.
1: is it, this is highly innovative. Can, it's going to smash can, a, can, a lot of glass ceilings. Sorry, Tom. Sorry,
0: general consensus is that people would be quite interested in a forum. I'll yeah, yeah, I think so. It's a as you said, it's, it's a highly innovative. a little bit more nitty gritty.
1: Yeah, yes, it's it's and this I'm I'm building this for all of us. Yeah, so I mean, I built it for myself to help my problem, mm. right? Because and because I've got such a big site, how do you fund four hundred casts a day? It's it's yeah. it it's so much money, right? It's just. It's not impossible, um, and um, without giving away, the, you know, the distillery to investors or whatever it might be, um, and so yeah. this gives us the opportunity to grow our businesses for everyone, you know, for the whole industry, and it just it will make us stronger, right? Um, eventually, it will be open up to um, all distillers around the world. Um, so you know because it is a free market so we want to make sure that you know our friends in ireland have the opportunity to grow their businesses as well and i think as a whiskey industry um this will be a real um support base for for everyone um you know because we all have the same issue we all have the same problem whether you know it or not is how do you fund future growth in your business you know um because we've, if, you're, if, you're, if you win Gold Whiskey Award or whatever it might be, right, all of a sudden everyone wants your whiskey. And then you'll be going, dang, I wish I put down more whiskey, right? That's the first thing you'll say. And then you go, dang, I wish I had more money to fund the future whiskey because everyone wants it, right? And then you're going, how do I do this, right? This gives us the opportunity to actually produce the whiskey that we need but also produce it for the future. Demand that we forecast within our own businesses. Mm. You know, it'll empower every distiller, exciting. basically. Yeah, very exciting. i Agree.
0: I think yeah, on, so that I, note, so on that I, note, on
1: that, I hope I blew off some socks off. You know, yeah, mate. It
0: for an for an introvert, you did well. Yeah. <laughs> now. Yeah, you uh, did very
3: well. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Now, I do need to bring up. Uh, hold on, where is it? Where is it? Our sponsors,
0: yes, with our, our sponsors for 2023, even though we're, we're, we're we've got a couple more to yeah. finalize, but right now, these are our sponsors for 2023
3: 2024. So, we're really pleased to have yes. uh, Voyager Craft Malt, yes. Uh, I mean, what more do you need to
0: say? Voyager, craft and Brad, <laughs> legends. Yes. Um, there wouldn't be a craft works without a Voyager Craft Malt. That's, that's the best way for me to sum it up. Yeah. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, youngie,
3: who was, uh, well, I know he was on before. He's probably gone to bed by now, though, yeah. the old fella. I um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: not say that. He'll cut me, <laughs> he'll, he'll cut me off my cast. And again, if there was no Youngie, there wouldn't be a, no. there wouldn't be a Craftworks Distillery. And many others, exactly. I'm, I'm sure. Uh, Mogwai Labs. Mogwai is very exciting. People. Mogwai is uh, Josh, who is into yeast cultures, um, supplies into the brewing industry and toe in the water in the distilling industry. And I convinced oh. Josh to come on board. Um, it's an exciting brand. It's uh, innovative. What he's doing. Uh, he'll he'll do. Um, he'll come out to your shed uh he'll he'll harvest and um you can culture your own yeast specifically for your environment so you want to our people we're talking oh,
2: to some very special yeast in our shed oh yeah <laughs> i don't want to think about our shed. oh the caravan would be
0: oh i don't want to know <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: no, no, six
0: yeah. years living in the caravan
2: no. oh my god that's that's the fun that one.
3: Oh. <laughs> God, talk about sour.
1: <laughs> anyway. Here we go. Um, Who, who's the next... lady with a barrel on the left in red? Barrel? And... No, That's uh, not...
0: that, That's Youngie. He doesn't wear a skirt. It's an apron. <laughs> <laughs> Why ain't no Cooperage. Why ain't Why no, no oak kooker? Oak kooker? Yeah. Yep. So right. Andrew, Andrew Young uh, in the Barossa. Uh, in, uh, I always pronounce it wrong. Oh, I pronounced it right. Um, oh, well save a glass, the glass, major supplier of bottles into the industry, suppliers of bottles to craft works. Um, if it, save
2: glass, so again, our,
0: if it wasn't for save a glass,
2: all of oh, our spirit oh. would be on the ground.
0: Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's good, I like it. Um, and the last one who's not actually signed on yet, but I think they will. CCL labels again, resign. I hope they do because I've just announced them.
3: Well, they're, they're committed now. They're committed uh, ah. but of course, uh, we've also got the Australian Gin Appreciation Society. Yep. Um, I really should put a link up as well for each of these. I'll do that next time because I, it'll take me too long now. But uh, Facebook page. Uh, one more. AGAS. Uh, Australian Gin Appreciation Society for all the gin lovers. Uh, jump on there and. Um, and share the love. Ben Osborne, cheers, mate. Cheers,
0: mate. Cheers, again. mate.
3: Cheers, cheers mate.
0: mate. And one other, uh, Rob Parrott. Rob Parrott is a good mate of mine who um, has a number of pubs uh, out in the Central West. And him and I work pretty closely together, collaborative. And I said, Rob, I need money. And he went, how much do you need? And I told him. And he said, all right. But he doesn't have a logo. <laughs> so we'll get a logo sorted. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. A logo and what we're actually promoting. But yeah, thanks, Rob. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, okay. thanks, Rob. <laughs> we'll get <there. laughs> Uh Dave, absolutely brilliant. Thank you so yeah. much. Please hang around once we uh we go up there. Uh, thank you all for participating. Um, I will uh endeavor to get this. Thank you our
2: sponsor for sponsoring us
3: yes yes of course and can i also they say are. a big
1: thank you to great. you guys because thank you for giving me the opportunity to share my vision and, and what i'm doing on your platform and thank oh. you for you know this opportunity and i'm very humbled so yeah, thank you great, for having great, me on
0: right i'm looking Our forward pleasure. looking forward to catching up with you in two weeks so yes um, yes absolutely yes. yeah that'll
3: be fun. that will be awesome and please bring back a
0: sample of some of that chocolate yeah, yeah, the chocolate one in particular. Yeah, the yeah one sounds yeah, really awesome. Yeah, yeah, I mean, for those yeah, that, yeah, that don't please. know, um, yeah. just a, a little side oils. thing. Just a little side thing. So we all remember, well, I do, and we're just not resolved the the controversy around patents and the use of uh, certain styles of malts. Um, Dave was a big advocate of uh, using roasted malts uh, way back when, as is Cam Syme and and many others. So. Um, this goes and reinforces the fact that Dave's been around forever and a day. Now you know who he is. He's on the team. He's on the team. He's on the field now. you right. Oh. Everyone can see him. Everyone uh, can see okay. what he's up to now.
1: So <laughs> Team Australia Whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> let's right, um guys. let's 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 make a big thing internationally with this, you know. Let's let's yeah. We're better, stronger together. It's
0: good, Dave. Awesome. All right.
3: Thank you all. Please like and subscribe. And uh, we will catch you all next week. We will. Now that we're week- we're weekly. So next, um, week for- next week, Todd, who have we got? Black Dog.
0: Black Dog yes. Black
3: Dog. Oh, Black yeah. So Dog. Black Dog, I'm going to be putting up a, um, a sponsorship link. Uh, so you're not giving money to us. You're giving money to Black Dog to support uh, mental health. Uh, That will be a really cool episode. Thank you all, and uh, we'll catch us uh, next week. Bye! See ya. (laughs) See ya.